Hey guys, this is Kevin. Just wanted to let you know before we start the pod that we had a few audio issues this week. But uh, so if you hear some clicks and flips, I'm gonna try to get it fixed by next week. So anyway, enjoy the episode. What's going on, guys? I'm here again. I'm Russell. Oh, wait, man. shit. I'm Kevin. <laughs> yeah. But- this is only the second week and you've already Sorry. botched it. No, I, do, I didn't put gaff tape down. All right, so we're, don't cut any of this. Are you ready for this? I'm, I'm gonna, ready, I'm ready. Are right, you ready? Cutting. So shush, 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 shush. Right. Okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah. On. Hey, guys. I'm Russell. And I'm Kevin. And this is My Movies Better. Don't do any sound effects. Okay. All right. My Movies Better is a podcast where I pick a movie that Kevin has never seen. And I pick a movie that Russell has never seen. And then you guys pick a movie that neither of us have ever seen with a new theme every week. Okay. Uh, this week's episode, we touch on Ladybird. We don't touch on her. Uh, Submarine and The Graduate. Uh, so stay tuned. Yes. Enjoy these. Uh, Coming we, of age films. Yes. We Yeah. Good point. I didn't say the, <laughs> the, 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 the whole theme of this episode. Last week was Dreams and Madness. And this week... Is coming of age. So without further ado, here's our really sweet intro that Kevin made. Adventure. <laughs> Excitement. <laughs> Frankly, my dear, I don't give it. You can't handle the butthead. I am the father. Just stand on it, I guess. Long she can. I love the spell. This is Hogwarts. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Come with me if you want to live. See what happens, Lebowski? You see what happens? You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. Your name's Lebowski, Lebowski. How do I look? Bring out today! Welcome to Japan. All right, the first movie is Lady Bird. It's a movie I picked for Kevin. Uh, somehow he has not seen it, which was mind-blowing to me. Uh, it is a 2017 drama comedy, and it was written and directed by Greta Gerwig. stars Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf, who Kevin just yeah. learned is Roseanne's yeah. sister just, on the show. Just re- well, no, I knew she was Roseanne's sister, but I just realized that, that was, she was the mother in this movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty mind-blowing. <laughs> This movie is brought to you by our good friend Tim Arnold's podcast, Tim Questions Everything. He has a different guest every week. Uh, That guest is usually pretty knowledgeable in a specific subject, and they dive into it. Then he talks about random stuff with him, asking him random questions. And uh, you should definitely go check it out. It's on everything. It's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. It's on whatever the hell you listen to podcasts on. Wherever you're hearing us right now, he probably beat us to the punch. So go rate, review, subscribe. And without further ado, here's the Ladybird trailer. I hate California. I want to go to the East Coast. I want to go where culture is, like How New in the York, world did I raise such or at least snow. Connecticut or New Hampshire, where writers live in the woods. Get into those schools anyway. 
Mom, you should just go to City College. You know, with your work ethic, just go to City College and then to jail and then back to City College and then maybe you'd learn to pull yourself up and not expect everybody to do everything. Lady Bird, is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quotes? I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Lady Bird always says that she lives on the wrong side of the tracks, but I always thought that that was like a metaphor. But there are actual train tracks. What she did was very baller. She was very anarchist. Put the magazine back! <laughs> she has a big heart, your mom. She's warm, but she's also kind of scary. You can't be scary and warm. I think you can. Your mom is. So, you're not interested in any Catholic colleges? No way. I want schools like Yale, but not Yale because I probably couldn't get in. <laughs> You definitely couldn't get it. If you're tired, we can sit down. I'm not tired. You were dragging your feet. You are so infuriated. Please stop yelling. I'm not yelling. Oh, oh it's perfect. Do you love it? You both have such strong personalities. When is a normal time to have sex? You're having sex? You're gonna have so much unspecial sex in your life. We're afraid that we will never escape our past. Whatever we give you, it's never enough. It's never enough. It is enough. We're afraid of what the future will bring. We're afraid we won't be loved. You can't do anything unless you're the center of attention. Yeah, well, you know your mom's tits, they're totally fake. She made one bad decision at 19. Two bad decisions. And we won't succeed. I want you to be the very best version of yourself that you can be. What if this is the best version? All right, so the movie Russell had for me this week was Lady Bird, as you just heard. And uh, this movie takes place in Sacramento and reminds you that you are in Sacramento forever, all the time, and the only sports team you have is the Kings. Well, they don't <laughs> remind you of that, but they do remind you you're in Sacramento. So this movie is about a uh, senior in high school who uh, named Christine, but she would rather be called Lady Bird, and uh, hence the title of the movie. And she has a lot of problems with her mom, and boys and everyone around her. And this is a classic, already to me, a classic coming-of-age movie for people in our generation, yeah. especially, but we'll get to that later. This movie takes place in 2002, which is when I was a sophomore in high school, mm -hmm. so it really hit me hard. <laughs> I love uh, the music that plays through this. Oh, Some yeah. Some Dave Matthews, mm -hmm. Crash Into Me, yep. multiple we'll times. Crash Into Me, yeah. It's a good one. Um, so Pack up your skirt a little more. <laughs> the movie starts out really, really uh, kicks you right at the beginning of the movie. So there's the, the mother and daughter duo here of Roseanne's sister and Lady Bird are going college touring and uh, listening to The Grapes of Wrath. 21 hours of audio, hours. by yeah. the way. And uh, <laughs> while they're in the car, they into a huge fucking real ass argument that literally started giving me flashbacks of when I was that age and <laughs> was getting into a fight with my mother or my father, but usually my mother. And uh, um, the argument came from specifically the mom wanted to soak in the movie after they just listened to 21 hours of the, not a movie, book. Book, uh, yeah. And Sersha just wanted to play some music or Lady Bird rather. Yeah, but also... Uh, the mom like immediately like started insulting her and freaking <laughs> out about how she wants to be called Lady Bird and so Lady Bird is like a a bit of a manic pixie dream girl but not quite I would say mm -hmm. in this movie um, she's kind of like I would have totally been into her I would have thought she was cool 
in when I was in high school. Oh yeah. And she would have been one of the like the like rebel girls, you know. Oh yeah. Um, but wasn't like scary because even though she like seems like she's wicked tough, she also is kind of a wet blanket throughout this whole movie. <laughs> Which is great because I really re- that was like I was like that so it yeah. totally resonated. I mean, she's a little ridiculous. Consider the fact that this argument led her to jump out of a moving vehicle because she'd rather jump out of a moving vehicle than argue with her mom. Yeah, in that's, which she breaks yes, her wrist. She breaks right? her wrist. It or? looks like a wrist. Well, she has a yeah. cast. Yeah, and well, and there's and then there's an immediate cut to the written on the cast, which uh, I thought was pretty funny because it's also she did the same thing on her wall and it was the same colors too, which I thought was interesting. She writes, uh, fuck you, mom, on her cast. That's like the next thing you see. So she's in a Catholic school, which actually seems like a pretty nice Catholic school. Like the nun, uh, Sister Mary, Catherine, I don't know what her, I think that actually might have been her name in the movie. Right. But like the main nun, the old lady, she seems pretty cool. Like she lets her get away with a oh, lot. Yeah. Everybody around Lady Bird, I yeah. think, in, her parents, including mm-hmm. her mom, who mm-hmm. is a little crazy, uh, everybody involved in this movie, like in her life, seemed pretty level-headed. While she was like, nobody is. Everybody's insane. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And she's waging a battle against all of them. Hmm. Um, so, and she's so so. Lady Bird has got this friend, Jackie. No, that was the other right. one. I cannot remember what her friend's name was. She's the most adorable thing in the yeah, world. She is. The, She's the little, fantastic. The little pudgy best friend that I, always smiled and had a crush on the teacher. I'm going to get this out of the way right now. I cried seven times. I actually started counting oh. in this movie. And one of them had to do with her. Her like, it, But they were like good cry. It was yeah. like nostalgic. Like, oh my God, this is bringing back so many weird <laughs> memories inside of me type shit. Right. But hold on a second. I didn't, oh my God... You're crying because I totally understand. You're crying this movie. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. happy, mostly for right, for right. Well, I'm just explaining it scenes. for anyone <laughs> listening to this who hasn't seen it. <laughs> the, the oh my god is the um, the character Julie. Julie, right? Her real name. Tell me, this isn't the cutest thing in the world. Beanie Aww. Feldstein. Her name's Beanie. Beanie Feldstein. That little that little Munchkin. Oh my his name god. Is Beanie. And what she a was sweetheart. I love her. She was great in this movie. Yeah. But so they're like best buds. They're like kind of like the weird kids, like the nerd kids. And I totally, that resonated with me too. Um, so she is encouraged by like this nun who seems like the, the head mother or whatever to uh, join up with a theater program. Mm-hmm. And so she gets in the theater program and uh, her and Julie get in and she kind of falls for this boy. Yeah. Whose name also escapes me. Um, continue. Yeah. I'll come back with so, name. so her, so it's like, you know, they have like the audition and stuff and then they're in the show, but the friend Julie gets like the part where she gets to kiss this particular boy. Lucas. Lucas. Okay. Yep. I totally missed that. Played by the... Danny O'Neill. Lucas. Wow. Yeah. Like I Lucas told. Lucas Hedges. Maybe they go, maybe goes by Luke in the movie. I'm he not sh- sure. Yeah. His name is Lucas. Really? Is that his name name or is his character's name? The character's name. Wow. His name name is Danny. His character name is Lucas. Okay. Well, hey, I mean, if you're looking at it right now, yeah. so I'm not. But I just don't. Re- maybe they just didn't say it much, and I like did, and I like missed it. But <laughs> well, so we'll we'll give you a heads up. We have a phone number that you can call called it's three two three my movie. If we ever make any mistakes on this podcast, feel free to call us and call us out. Yeah, definitely. Say, it wasn't Lucas dipshit. I don't yeah. care what Google says. It was Mark. 
you know, whatever yeah, it is. Exactly. But anyways, continue. Well, and also these three movies tended, especially Submarine, which you'll hear about later, We they, they blended together a little bit in my head with the whole school themes and shit. Mm-hmm. But um, so a bunch of theater memories came back for me right here. Uh, the whole, the, she has a little love fling with this guy. They start dating. Um, He's super polite. He's like the, oh, the sweetest yeah. kid, the perfect kid to bring home oh, to yeah. your parents. Well, and it, they it, love him. There's at one, one point where she's like, you can touch my boobs. And he's like, I respect you too much. <laughs> and that, that should have been a red flag, but it wasn't for her. We'll get to that in a second. But so uh, there's also that amazing scene where the, the theater teacher priest starts crying yeah holy crap that that one got that was one of the scenes where i was like i'm fucking physically reacting to this guy <laughs> crying. i didn't even yeah. know why he was crying i didn't get it till it the, the like, popular girl know. explains it i think i was just on i was on something <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um then so there's a school dance more memories uh six inches from the holy spirit uh <laughs> while they're dancing um and at this point i wrote something's gotta give because this movie was just too heartwarming at this point um and so there's a bunch of more, there's some, some mom fights and guidance counselors. And basically she's trying to, to get, to, to go to college far away from Sacramento. Right. And her mom wants her to go to college right down the street. Yeah. And the dad is behind the mom's back supporting yeah. Lady Bird yeah. as much as he can. Yeah. And just a little tidbit that might come back up. I don't know. Uh, she is embarrassed by having him drop her off uh, too close to the school. Always. Yep. A certain distance. Yep. Which um, also happens in submarine as well. Yeah. It's always another, 800 yep, feet. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's really odd. Um, but so, uh, and the, the dad is fantastic in this too, but we'll talk about him a little bit more later. Another character I want to bring up now that, that was really good in this movie, even though it was a tiny part, was Miguel and uh, the other, the his girlfriend, I can't remember her name either, the, her brother. Um, and his girlfriend, who who are like goths. Oh, her brother is Jordan, um, and I forget what the the girlfriend's name was. No, it was totally Miguel because he was Spanish. And there was that whole scene where he's like, "You're a fucking racist." Wait a minute. Are you looking at the wrong movie? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm looking at the right thing, but for some reason, all the names are wrong. The names were just getting mixed up. Uh, okay. On the thing. Some of these aren't right. It, like, Beanie, it's listed as Beanie, and the character's name is Julie. But then for uh, Miguel, his name is Miguel McPherson, even though you know their names are McPherson. And oh, I get what you're saying. But then it yeah. says Jordan Rodriguez as the character. Okay. Name. So, so they, it, yeah, that was, yeah, you're right. It was Miguel. So, Dan, so that's okay. That makes more sense. When you said Danny, I thought, so Danny is the boy she's dating. Miguel is. Her yeah. brother. Lucas Hedges um, is the, the actor. And right. Danny O'Neill. That's really weird that they mixed a lot of these up. Yeah, right. That's not my fault, guys. Okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Get off the um, back. So then there's the scene where she uh, tells him he can feel her up. And he says, no, he respects her. Uh, they say, I love you. Um, and, uh, oh, there was, there was one particular. I wrote, because I was trying to remember why I, I particularly wrote at this point that the brother was fantastic. And there was some little scene where it was when Danny was come, came over to like bring her to Thanksgiving. Yeah, he, he said uh, she, she wants, wants to, to like make, make a grand a entrance. Yeah. She wants to come down the stairs and make a grand entrance. And the, he would the, and then Tanya was like, okay. He like laughed, <laughs> like, oh, ha, good joke. And then it cuts back to the brother the brother and his girlfriend. They're just like standing there stone-faced. It was yeah. that, that made me laugh. But, <laughs> she really um, did make a grand entrance down the stairs. 
So then they go out, and this is another another moment where where I was like, "Oh wow, look at this! They have a really tight local indie band, man. That band was oh, tight yeah. as fuck." I was like, "Is this a fucking famous band in their like local coffee shop?" Uh, the kid Kyle that's in the band that she Kyle, eventually yes. talks to down the line. Kyle. Um, yeah. What was he doing in the band? I don't remember. Was he was he a guitarist. Bass, he was a bass bassist. Bassist. Okay. Yeah, I know that because I wrote down. Oh no, she's she just fell for the bass player. <laughs> Like that, that's a red flag in and of itself. Yeah, she just so many red yeah. flags for her. I don't know why she doesn't see these things coming. Um, and then another thing that happens here, because mm-hmm. throughout all this, and I, I really want to put emphasis on the fact that, uh, oh my god, what's her name again? Who plays the mom? From oh, who Roseanne? plays the mom? Lori. Lori. Yeah. The character's name is Marion. Marion is amazing in this mm-hmm. movie. Oh my god, she is so good. And the fights between, and so is the, the girl who plays Ladybird. The fights between them, the chemistry between them as a mother and daughter, like yeah. in the teen years, is is insane. It, it's clear to me, which I, I love that they, they do this, um, when they argue, they're arguing over each other. So so when you read a script, you when they act it out, most actors would go back and forth. I almost said actresses. Right. I said actresses last week, by the way. We don't say actresses anymore. That's no, not it's a fact. Okay? It's yeah. just female but actors. Sometimes it slips. And yeah, when, yeah, it but, is what it is. Yeah, I get. But they were, uh, they have a habit of like literally talking over each other and making like grunts and oh, you're so you know what I mean. Yep. Uh, that's something that's like a lost art in in film, like genuine yeah. dialect between two people who talk over each other. Right. It feels organic. And that doesn't happen too much. Right. Anymore. And that's not that just cool. uh, good script work or good acting either. It's also great directing because yeah. You're, you're really emphasizing, like, get in there and get, remember what you both have been through in your lives, because I'm sure she has children, I'm sure, I mean, I know Lady Bird has parents, yeah. so, um, also, but at this point, we get our first, and I think of this movie, our only brand, starring brand, Cloves. Cloves get a little mention here, oh, she yeah, goes out yeah. and she's smoking a clove, and I was like, this really is this, 2002, yeah, holy shit. Hilarious. And uh, so it's the sister, the the brother's boyfriend is outside, and Lady Bird comes up to her, and uh, she's like, you know, you should like go easy on your mom. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why? Like she's like so she's basically she's crazy, she's overbearing or something like that. Right. And she's like, well, no, she like took me in when I got kicked out of the house by my parents, and like I really look up to her. I really like think she's like a good example and like a, i care about oh yeah that stuff and and consider this too is the fact that the the father like i said is struggling uh with a job you know he needs to find right. new work or whatever uh she doesn't have much money she emphasizes a lot to lady bird that they don't have a lot of money so to be able to not even be able to but to choose to take in another child yep. just for the sake of making sure that child is okay when she has not even enough to take care of her own Right. We should also mention, too, that I think a big thing about this movie that you kind of keep forgetting, even though it's so emphasized, that the mother's also a nurse. Yeah. So that's another, like, it's almost like an archetype there, where it's like she has this mothering presence wearing those scrubs, in a way, for, like, the modern era. But so, uh, then they have the the big play. Um, There's that one moment where uh, the, the friend is singing. Mm-hmm. And it like cuts to her parents and her mom's like, oh my god! Like she like holds her chest. I was like, oh, beanie, that's... yeah, beanie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, everything it seems like a great show. It's the movie is shot really cool. And that particular part, it kind of has all these hard cuts that really make you feel like you're, it's like you know, okay, the whole play is going over. Right. And then at the end, the friend is like outside, you know, after the show in like the hallway, and the teacher is there. The teacher that Julie has a crush on. Yeah, but they, okay, 
did they mention that and I just missed it? The the crush? Yeah, because I mean, I knew I kind of got it. It was just it was blatantly obvious, like when okay. he was handing all the papers back and, and right. No, and, I got that part of it, but it was like it led me into something weirder that happened with me in that, that scene. Was something... No, no, no. So after that, they talk, and he's like, all right, this is my wife. I got to go. They also saw him at the indie band performance, and she was like, "Why? where's his wife? And then he leaves with his wife, and she like goes and sits down next to the theater teacher priest, and he mm-hmm. just goes, they just didn't get it, or something like that. I wrote it down. It was, uh, yeah, he's like, they just didn't understand it. And I was like, I didn't get what he meant by that. Right. Oh, so she was hoping that the, the teacher would enjoy the play. Right. But the teacher, they just kind of left in the middle. They just okay. So it was so basically he was saying to her like they just didn't get the play. Oh, wait, the play wasn't over. See, I didn't. I missed that. Yeah, part I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It was like the middle of if it. If I'm remembering correctly. Okay, that, that would then that totally makes more sense. Because like, like, you just watched it yesterday. The last time I watched it was I got uh, an advanced screening to it. I saw okay. it like in Boston. Nice uh, ahead of the release, like a good month. Yeah, I just didn't. I felt like because I, I literally went back and watched it like five times when I was watching the movie. I was like, "Wait, but what did he?" And I was like analyzing every word he said. Like, did he like insult her? Like, but anyway. Yeah, his name is so, Mr. Bruno, by the way, not, not the theater Bruno, teacher, yeah. the uh, the teacher she has a crush on. Right, and there's also a brief scene with him where Lady Bird lies about he, she steals his grade book and throws it away, and then lies <laughs> so about what her grade was. He, okay, so yeah, he says something about uh, the grade book is missing. So I'm gonna we're gonna do this on a trust system. So she's, he's like, I'm pretty sure you got a C plus. She goes, I, it's a B minus. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. And so they went with a B minus. He's just, you know, he trusted her. So um, anyway, this leads to one of the first like penultimate scenes, um, that really change like it really, where the, the movie really starts to like kick off in, in a certain direction for the character. And so, oh yeah. And so that's when, um, after the show, everybody's like, you know, it's, theater kids partying backstage and stuff and so they're all drinking a bunch of soda and they're in the bathroom and ladybird's like f this i really have to go so she goes to go to the boys bathroom she's like there's never a line there and her friend's like oh you can't do that and she walks in and i thought this is funny because there's like four open stalls and she goes and grabs the door to the one that's That's closed closed. yeah and they didn't lock it, and inside is Danny, her boyfriend, and another boy kissing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, oh, oh, and she immediately, like, storms out and is despondent, obviously, right. over it. Because, I mean, regardless, her boyfriend's cheating on her. Right. And so... Um, I'll, I'll add, you were talking about emotional scenes. Uh, this leads to, eventually, he shows up. Uh, to her work to talk to her. She has a job at a cafe where that band performed, yes. to clarify. Uh, and she be- comes outside. She's mad at Before that, she sees Kyle, right? And, like, the, the guy's, her boss is like, hey, I'm not paying you to flirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, Kyle is the bassist to the band that she had seen. He shows up. Uh, the bad boy. He's total douchebag. Mm-hmm. An idiot. Um, so... Yeah, he, he leaves, then she goes outside, and it's because uh, Danny's outside, wants to talk to her. And she's arguing a little bit with him. Like, she's clearly put off by it. She's very angry. And then she says, you're gay. Like, just straight up, I think that's maybe the first time he heard it out loud. And then he looks down, and then he starts, like, begging her to not throw him under a bus. And that he has to deal with his family and starts crying hysterically. I thought that was... He says something like, uh, I just need to find out how I'm going to tell my mom. Right. And the moment that she sees that he's upset, like you were talking about, Tough exterior, as soon as anything happens, she's a wet blanket. She immediately became the most supportive 
person that, ever, and they're hugging, and that was emotional to me. I thought that dude, was one that of the sweetest was, I scenes. I had to pause the movie at that point. <laughs> that I fucking happy cried so much. I was like, thank God, Lady Bird, yeah. because we'll talk about this more in the other two movies, especially in The Graduate, but there is also, in all three of these movies, there is a strong undercurrent of loving and hating this main character, because they are all... Young teenagers, or, you know, not young teenagers, uh, young 20s or teenagers. Right. And they're all little douchebags who have redeeming qualities. So right. she goes on this roller coaster, and that was one of those moments where I was like, please, please don't be a dick. Like, come on, you you know it. You know it's the right thing to do to be like, I'll protect this for you. I understand. Like, And when she did, I just was like, oh, my God, thank you. Immediately emotionally supportive. Yep. Um, and, and the douchebag I didn't like, uh, what did you say his name was? I Kyle. Mean, Kyle, right, played by Timothy Ch- Shamala, Shamale. I will say he does a great job. He's a really good actor. He's yeah, he was entertaining. I know the character was like uh, he played a, a type of person that you definitely would have met in like 2002. He he's like eventually we're all gonna have cell phones and we're gonna be tracked and and she yeah, laughed not- at him and he just like didn't laugh and she was like oh he's being serious. Yep. Um, and there's also the part where he's like, I try not to be a part of the capitalist system. And then it's like, but yeah. he's going to Xavier. <laughs> right. <laughs> all this shit. Like, I mean, he's like on. a rich boy. Um, That's the other thing about this. This movie is uh, has a, a big undercurrent of classism, too. Because in Sacramento, where she goes to school is like a predominantly white area that is very rich. It's basically where I went to school, Newburyport, it's, but bigger. Right. It's like very, very rich slash very, very middle class, and she's on the middle class side, but a lot of her classmates are wealthy. Right. So to put it into perspective, if you're from Massachusetts, compare where uh, all of her classmates go to to Newburyport or Marblehead, and then where she lives to maybe the line of right. linen swamp schedule. Right. Well, and another thing I like <laughs> that to, makes any sense. like in the, one of the ways the movie frames, right? It's not really the wrong side of the tracks, which she actually says she lives on the wrong yes. side of the tracks, and it's a, it's a kind but of one, of, one of the ways the the movie frames this is by at the beginning of the movie, her and the friend are walking home, and it's it reminded me of Daria, first of all, like Jane and Daria walking home on that oh, show. Yeah. But um, they're walking home past all these like mansions, mm-hmm. and they stop in front of this one really nice blue, blue mansion. Yeah, and she's like, "This is the one I want to live in." Yeah, we should have, we should have definitely brought that up. Yeah, earlier. well, That's... it's okay. We can do it now. Just kind of like this is how the movie frames this whole idea, and so later on, it turns out that's. Uh, Danny's, Danny's grandmother's house, where she goes to have Thanksgiving dinner and stuff. Um, but t- we just went off when I was talking about oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the douchebag. What's his name again? You, I keep forgetting his name. Kyle. You remember Kyle? You say Kyle. it like I, what? How are you forgetting? I don't fuck. Well, it's okay. Kyle. I, I just gonna throw this in real quick about Kyle. First, the notes I wrote here about him when he first really showed up in the movie were, "Oh no, Lady Bird, no," and <laughs> "I don't trust this Kyle kid." <laughs> Yeah, he sucks. And also, the the, well, the whole point of me even bringing him back up was uh, the the culmination of their little thing was she loses his uh, her virginity to him, mm-hmm. and he literally lasted what seven seconds, and then was all yeah. like trying to be suave about it. Yeah, like more like you're welcome or some shit like that. Yeah, it was weird. It's like what a fucking little douchebag. Well, and, and not in a cliche corny right. kind of way. I mean, this movie it's got like a ninety nine on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not something that they just kind of brush over. It was. It was actually funny right. when they took this approach. Well, and I always have to try to find a King of the Hill character in one of these movies, at least one of these movies. Last week, it was uh, uh, fucking... Hank Hill from... Take, Hank Hill from... Take Shelter. Yeah, Take Shelter. This week, it's Dale as Kyle. Kyle is fucking Dale. Which one's Dale? He's the one with all the conspiracy theories and the glasses and the hat. Oh, his I don't friend. remember. Yeah, his, his King of the Hill, his, his friend, yeah. 
He's like the one who's always like, mm, you know, uh, hey, Hank. Oh, okay. They're, yeah, yeah, they're yep, putting, yep, yep, they're yep, putting yep. stuff in When you were saying water. Dale, I thought you were talking yeah. about in Lady Bird, mm-hmm. a character named Dale. You're talking about No, no, in King Kyle. of the Hill. Yeah, Kyle yeah. is Dale from King of the Hill. But so, sense. Kyle, um, in the after that, so basically, yeah, they have sex. And she's like, wow, that's so great. And he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, like, we lost our virginity to each other. And, like, before he says it, his reaction, you're like, oh, he didn't. Oh, because uh, he, before this, to be clear, he said that he is a virgin. He did, and then he lies about it. I had to go back and check that because I missed him saying it, mm-hmm. but you're right. He did say that. Yeah. So he's like, I'm not a virgin. Right. And like, she's like, like, you said you were a virgin. And he's like, no, I don't think I did. I think you wanted, you assumed, or you wanted to hear that. And she's, like, pretty mad about it, but she's even more mad than, like, she, pr- I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but I feel like she's more mad than she should be. Um, I mean, it's weird because I don't, I don't like to, to, to stereotype men and right. women, but for the most part, I always felt like it, losing your virginity is a very important thing to a female. I mean, it's a whole other level of right. something. So if this is supposed to be romantic with who she would say would be her boyfriend and, you know, they, they might love each other and, and it's supposed to be their first times and it's supposed to be this special moment, even though it lasted four seconds, uh, to find out that it, she, she shared that moment with somebody who it wasn't having the same moment. Right. It's not what she wanted. But, I could see why she would be upset. Right, but, but I'm a teenager. I'm so also saying like that know? was my initial feeling until mm-hmm. I went back and was like, okay, he was lying, and then I was like, that makes sense. Um, right. But I, like I said, initially watching the film, I missed him saying that completely. I don't remember now what scene it was in. <laughs> I had to like watch back every scene with Kyle. Yeah. But uh, I think it's possibly when they're in the parking lot. Might have been because another thing we missed is that in this time, so after. She leaves after the the, the play's over. Mm-hmm. She starts to really act out. And right. uh, can, can can I stop you for a second? Because mm-hmm. we're getting a little scattered brain on this. Two big things that we're overlooking here was uh, a she makes a new friend. That's, That's the what popular say. girl. Yeah, and this popular Jackie. girl is the one who uh, Jenna. Jenna, who, okay. who 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 kind of gets her to go talk to Kyle in the first place and like mm-hmm. shouts out Kyle and says, Hey, this is Ladybird. Right. And um, she's dating or is with one of Kyle's friends. Right, exactly. Uh so that's one thing to to, to put in you know, put out there that we kind of glossed over. Uh, and there's and also then, a thing where like her best friend is like, Hey, we're gonna go do this that night and she's like, Oh, whatever. Like she's starting to like turn on her old self and trying to like forge a new identity right. with a bunch of like bully rich kid type Exactly. Kids. She was getting in with the popular kids, and so she leaves Julie in the background and kind of yep. fucks that friendship up a little bit. So that's the two major plot points that we kind of just kind of skipped over. I was think that it's she replaced ja- I think her with it's the best Jackie. friend. Jackie. I think Julie is the sister. I mean, the, the, the brother's girlfriend. No, Odea Rush. Very pretty young lady. She's okay. like 20 years old. Yeah, let's see that. That's that right there. Is definitely not the girlfriend. No, no, I meant the, the friend is, is not Julie, I'm thinking. The original, the old friend. The original, it doesn't matter. Yeah, We're the just original like friend is sporting. Julie. The new friend is Jenna. I don't. I'm just going to name them as the archetypes. So there's old friend and new friend. That's what we'll know. The <laughs> popular best. friend and unpopular yeah. friend. So and starts doing stuff. So one of the things she does is they put a bunch of shit on the you know the head mother's car that says I'm I'm married to Jesus or something like that. Yeah, they're trying to be funny. Yeah, high school kids. Um. But I also wrote around, around this point in the movie is when I started to realize, like, oh, holy shit, Lady Bird is her mother completely. Because she does a lot of the same stuff. She has a lot of the same reactions to people that her mother has to her. 
Right. And the scene where they have the huge fight where I'm not sure if it's when the mom, I think it's when they're just fighting about, it's not when the mom finds out because that's way later, but it's when they're, they're fighting about her going to another school. Right. And I'm pretty sure it's the scene where like, she says something to Miguel, like, and he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, like affirmative action. So he makes some comment. Oh, he's like, oh, cause... just because I didn't put down my race. like, And right. literally calls her a racist. Like She goes out of control. And you see her mother do that on a couple occasions too. And I thought that was a really good choice to like really sh- show that like she's learned a lot of how she deals with people from her mother. Yeah, we def- I don't know why we didn't even address that. That her brother is adopted and yeah. the girlfriend is moved in with him too. So right, kind of right. adopted as well. Exactly. Uh, but officially adopted the, the brother. So that was a... Um, there was another good line at this point where she called it the Midwest of California. <laughs> um, and I realized that uh, Lady Bird is me when I was watching this movie. I was like, holy shit, I did so much of this stuff. I was such a little bastard when I was in high school. Right. And I wanted to go to NYU and get far, far away from Newburyport, Massachusetts. Maybe not as far <laughs> as she did, but I did want to go to New York City, which right. is her goal. So another backdrop here is that she's arranged a little backroom deal with her dad. So her right, dad's which I, helping I think I believe I addressed earlier. Yeah, we mentioned which it. Which leads to, she moves to New York. Well, yeah, she, she gets accepted to Columbia, I think, or mm-hmm. something. And yeah. she moves to New York. And um, she gets to New York. She uh, goes out one night and uh, gets really drunk and... Uh, wakes up in the hospital. She's like with a guy, and then like extreme alcohol yeah. poisoning, like really bad. Like she like meets a guy. She and it, throughout the scene, she's like grabbing the bottle, and I think yeah. she's. I couldn't tell if she's at a bar or a party or like. It was a party, and it was also I'm pretty sure her first night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's what it, that's her what it seemed like. First night in New York City, she. The way I'm pretty sh- sure. Yeah, the way it was shot. Yeah, it definitely she ends up like getting that. alcohol poisoning, like right up the bat. Yep, and, and needs and he, her mummy, and he abandons her completely. Yeah, just leaves her. He's not even there when she wakes up. She wakes up, there's like some kid there with fucking a patch over his eye. And I was like, I guess that, I thought that was supposed to mean something. But mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And in the finale of the movie, she goes outside. Her face is still covered with, you know, mascara running down her face from her tears and stuff. And she leaves a message. Oh, oh we forgot another thing. Her dad had also, we, we kind of really scatterbrained this whole one. Yeah. We, because there was another point too where... Her when her mom found out that her dad had like gone behind her back, she stopped talking to Lady. Oh Bird. yeah, they they were just cold right. to each other. They wouldn't right. even remotely and converse. And so so on, at the very end of the movie, she like reconciles with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. She like you know they're she's gonna go to prom with Kyle, and then she's like no fuck this like drop me off at my friend's house. She goes to the best friend's house, and they become friends again. They yep. spend the next few days together. They graduate. Her friend's like, oh, I have to go do something this summer for my dad, blah, 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 and then disappears from the movie forever. Lady, Lady Bird goes home, and her mother won't speak to her. And she's, right. like, screaming. She's like, Mom, come on, please. Like, just she talk just wants to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And so you also see in this montage near the end of the mom writing a bunch of letters and crumpling them crumpling up. Crumpling them up. And so the dad saved a bunch of the letters, sent them to Lady Bird. So Lady Bird now, as she's leaving, calls her mom, leaves a message. That's, you know, like, I'm thankful, I love you, all that right. stuff. And then she hangs up, looks around for a second, the movie ends. And I thought that was the perf. it was perfect. I was like, because I yeah. always do this when I'm watching movies. I go like this, just you did, like, you just did the scat- it. Yeah. but you just did the scatterbrain thing yeah. again. 
Which she, what, what did I miss? The, the, the big important part of what you were just talking about was the fact that, yeah, the dad took all the letters and gave them to Lady Bird. Uh, but the big thing was that the mom, when they dropped him off the airport, didn't say goodbye. Oh, she yeah. didn't, And that really broke You're Lady right. Bird's heart. And then he said, trust me, I promise you she's hurting too. Which, and she loves you. Yeah. And she's scared for you. I also and here are the letters. cried at that point. When, oh. the, when the, the mom's shot crying. The mom driving away and she's crying. And she's dri- and then she turns to get back. And you like, though, I was literally, because I didn't know. I'd never seen the movie. But I was literally going, go back. Like, go yeah. back. I was she, like. She turns it. around. She goes back. And Lady Bird is already gone. <laughs> right. She already left. So, yeah. I mean. But. That so, was a, it was yeah, a pretty that solid was, ending. It was, it was a good. good, great ending, I thought. I thought that, because like I said, I was saying, I do a cut thing when I'm watching a movie and I think it should be over. I just make a lot. I'm like, that should be, that's that. That's movie. it. End right there. And a lot of them then go on for another 10 minutes. And you're yeah. like, no. But this one didn't. This one ended right at the perfect time. I really enjoyed this movie. And yeah, so that is, that's the, the walkthrough, I guess, of uh, Lady Bird. Yeah. All right. So, so on to the next on one. On to the next one. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so the movie I chose for Russell to watch this week was Submarine from 2010. It is a drama slash melodrama directed by Richard Aode and starring Craig Roberts and Yasmin Page as two young lovers in high school in England. Hmm. Um, Wales. Uh, this movie is brought to you by the Story Burst podcast, which you can find on uh, iTunes and, and Google Play and all pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, this week, we did an episode called Orbitals. Just go check it out. Shanghai Club is the name of the episode. Uh, and so enjoy Submarine. My name is Oliver Tate. I suppose it's a bit of an affectation, but sometimes I wish there was a film crew following my every move. I don't quite know what I am yet. I've tried flipping coins, listening exclusively to French crooners. I've even had a brief art phase, but nothing stuck. My parents have not had sex for seven months. I've been monitoring their intimacy via the dimmer switch in their bedroom. Jordana Bevan's moderately unpopular, which makes a romance between the two of us more likely. Meet me under the ridge after school and we'll take you from there. Now kneel down. Close your eyes. Wow, you look mentally retarded. What are you going to do with the photos? What are you complaining about? Is this conclusive proof they might not be gay? I asked if she was my girlfriend now. She said... I'll think about it. But what she meant was, yes, we are now as one. And my parents are going to the cinema on Thursday. And the house is empty on Thursday evening. Are you asking me to come round and have sex with you? If I say yes, is that less than the chance of you wanting to? To us, and a wonderful evening of lovemaking. You're a serial killer. I wish I could hand in this excuse now. Please, may Oliver be excused from class. His tiny heart is broken. It's a big love letter. It's got a big heart. 
Dear Jordana, you're the only person I would allow to be shrunk down to a microscopic size and swim inside me in a tiny submersible machine. You're too good for me. You're too good for anyone. Sincerely, Oliver. I was crying earlier. My eyes are probably red. They look fine. Well, maybe they don't go red when I cry then. All right. So, uh, I actually watched most of this movie on the road, like, because I had so much to do today and everything was so <laughs> last minute. Uh, and I actually got here to watch the last, like, what, 15, 20 yeah. minutes while you were playing some video games? Yep. And then it was done. I was like, wow, this is going to be fresh in my mind. And uh, it's, dude, that movie was uh, all over the place as far as uh, emotion and, and humor, which I thought was funny because you introduced this as like a melodrama. I thought it was somewhat like a dark comedy. Yeah, I would say so. And the uh, director is, you ever seen the IT Club, IT Crowd? Uh, yeah, the, the comedy series that yes. has the... Uh, he's the nerdy guy with the glasses. Like, oh really? He, yeah, upside. really. Yep. He directed this. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, he's funny. He was in that movie with uh, Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn, Correct. where the aliens invade. I don't remember what it's Correct. called, but it was it was funny. Um, Night Watch or something? No. No, but that's uh, Neighborhood Watch or yeah, some shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was Neighborhood I, was, Watch. Was, he's he's really funny. Um, the other thing too is this was produced, which is, that's why I didn't even put that together because I didn't know that he was the the director. Mm -hmm. It's produced by Ben Stiller. Yep. Yeah, this was a Ben Stiller film. I love this because this movie was very much like through the whole thing. It's I thought I was going to be only seeing his idea of how his own biopic would play out, right? But they were just showing like him like imagining what his life would be as a movie. But they made it very clear when you were watching what was canon and what was in his brain, right? Exactly. It, I loved it. I thought it was a cool dynamic. Oh yeah, and, definitely. Uh, yeah, this movie is full of like beautiful still shots. A lot of him looking out at the ocean. A lot of him just kind of walking the camera was extremely steady in parts where it just looked like photographs i thought it was really beautiful yep. the, the yeah. still frame things that happened were uh he what's the matter we're good <laughs> it's just sometimes the audio gets fucked up yeah we'll cut we this like out. hit the table sometimes we'll cut this out yeah, yeah. um i loved the the random times where everything would freeze and yeah would be living in the moment um example of this is a scene where he uh, is holding onto a girl's bag that she he's kind of bullying and she's pulling back on and he lets go and the and then it freezes as she is about to fall into this giant puddle and he's like shit yep. what did I do um yeah so I thought it was a very unique take on like teen romance and I love the approach they took with a lot of shit in this movie where they they completely avoided the cliches and that was the the irony of it. Right. The irony of the movie is the entire movie he wants to play out a certain way because he wants a biopic out of this. Mm -hmm. He wants the big saving his parents relationship and right. and falling in love with the girl and and all this stuff that uh kind of just goes, "Nah, life is more realistic than a movie." And it's it's pretty awesome. Totally. So uh, why don't we uh, talk about what this, what happened in this movie a little bit? All right. So the beginning of the movie. See, I don't have notes on this. That's if okay. I can remember, I can from, help remember you correctly. <laughs> First, the movie set up the way uh, a movie is supposed to be set up, but with they, they show you. So the very first thing is the prologue. Uh, right, and it has like a title that pops up, it's like prologue. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like ja ja ja. Yep. So there's a prologue, uh, which is a fake idea in his head of he was dead. And the whole town remembers him, right, and everybody's right. grieving over him. And he clearly wants to be more 
loved, I guess, or recognized by the people right, around him, right. being more important. And I think he also talks about uh, someone else had committed suicide in mm-hmm. school, and so he's also riffing on an idea of something he saw happen. Yeah. It was a bunch of people like crying, and it's, and so yeah, it, it already starts out. It's humorous, but also he's talking about suicide, so it's right. very dark right from it's the beginning. A dark comedy. Um, so that melodrama thing, I don't know what, what they were going with with that later. Um, so but yeah, he's a, you know, he's a, probably, I'm going to say 15 year old, 16 year old Welsh boy. Yeah, I believe he's 15. And, uh, he's, what, his mother seems to be a homemaker and his father is a professor. Yes. A marine biologist Oh yes, at first. marine biologist. He used to have, uh, so before we get into that, um, they, they kind of set up the, the prologue it, it makes it very clear he has a typewriter in his room he's yep. writing the screenplay to his life he's trying to direct his life which is really odd with no cameras so that when he makes the biopic he already has the vision in his head and how it right. all plays out uh so to break down what's around him his father was a marine biologist uh who was on a tv show but wasn't very good for TV because he's funny looking. He, they, he specifically right. said he has off-putting looks. Yes, yes. And he also he doesn't they, know what to do with his hands. Yeah, so, and it shows him do it. The hand thing was so funny. <laughs> it was so small, but like it showed like a it showed a couple different versions. But the last one where the camera like pulled away and then he just awkwardly put his hands like in front of himself. It, it was, was it was okay. very much Ricky Bobby and Talladega Nights. Yes, where he's like I'm not sure what to do with my hands, and then he's just like put them down. Like what are you doing? Um, so yeah, he loses this, that and becomes a professor. Uh, the mom, I don't know what the mom does. I think she's just like, that's what I said. I said works. homemaker just in the sense of that's what they call it in England. She, uh, okay. she doesn't have a job. Stay at home mom yeah. kind of thing. Um, and, and, uh, they have neighbors, which is Graham played by Patty Constantine. Who... He has a spiky mullet. Yes. He has a giant van with himself painted on the side yes. of it. And Air... he's a psychic that does karate. And has like talks. Right, he has like he, he, he has does videos. Like, right, exactly. He has VHSs yeah. that he gives out. He does these things where people show up and listen to him talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is he's obviously just a Casanova, and also the coolest he, guy you've right. ever heard of, right? And, and also, as you come to find out, he was the mother's mom's first love. Yeah, yes, the first love, uh, and also now way too comfortable of a friend. Yes, um, who has a girlfriend, and they want to go on double dates. The dad doesn't want to go on these double dates because he doesn't like Graham. Clearly, right. Which makes a lot of sense. Right. Uh, the other thing is now they jump to the school and they set up uh, that the fact that this girl would be easy because they have a lot in common yeah, to fall in lit- love. It's not even about the fact that he actually finds her beautiful. Or it's just that he knows that they would make a good couple. They, she, he says something like, talk, I can't remember what the line is, but he says something about like, yeah, they're like on the same level. And, right. And, and, and I feel like he's talking about of like attractiveness. Essentially, and we're both sixes. Yeah, exactly. Um, So he is a very nice kid in all of this. Um, So she apparently is, she enjoys bullying. Yeah, she's a Which is kind of off-putting, but he decides to bully. Yeah, he decides to bully alongside her to give themselves kind of like a getting along. Right. uh, So they they start bullying this girl. And uh, like you mentioned earlier, she ends up falling into like a bog or a small pond and getting drenched. And... uh, I love how right after that, you find out it's it's not too too long after that. It's not mm-hmm. like exactly after, it, but you find out that was also the first girl he kissed. Oh yeah, you do find that out a lot later. I feel like I don't I think it's a lot later because I felt like it was like right, it was like there's a scene in between, and then he's talking. The kiss happens, and then he's talking about the kiss. I sort of okay. So uh, 
we'll get to that eventually. That that's like down the line when mm. she asks him, uh, "Have you ever even kissed a girl?" Like because she was the showing the pictures. So right, to get right. to that, uh, what ends up happening after the girl falls into the 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 water? Um, he kind of follows her out of the woods and is telling her that he could, you know, she can replace all this stuff real cheap. He feels obviously really bad. The girl he's into runs off with the other bully that's like this really scrawny, geeky kid. Yeah, who's, um, who's an amazing character in this film. He's he's probably one yeah. of the, he's so funny. He's one of the comic relief, definitely. Very witty kid, and then he's like, Jesus Christ, do you like think of this stuff before yeah. you say it? Like, do you do you think of this stuff at home so you can plan to say it later? He goes, no, this is off the top of my head. What are you talking about? <laughs> he has like the little gang of friends who's always <laughs> yeah, backing him all up. Yeah, they're douchey. like, oh, you gotta shut it down. Yeah, they have Welsh accents in right. this movie are great. I can't do one. No, I, no I'm not very good at it. Um, so <laughs> they end up. Uh, she he ends up. She ends up not showing up to school. The girl that got bullied. So she's not there. Uh, she isn't there for a few days. He grows concerned. Finds a woman that can pass on letters. Doesn't want to tell this woman that he's the reason she disappeared because she says she disappeared because she was being bullied. She transferred schools. So he says he calls it a love letter. He he tells her that it's a love letter, but really it's a pamphlet. Of how to come back from being bullied yeah, and how to come back yeah. from being embarrassed, and somehow I still don't even know how the girl that he loves, um, what's her name in the movie? I forget. Oh, um, uh, yeah, I know. I was just thinking that too. You, you pull it up while while I'm, I have it right here. I just go. Cool, cool. You pull it up while I'm talking about it. Uh, Jordana. Jordana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so and he is. Well, how am I forgetting Oliver. this? Tate. Oliver Tate. Yeah. So, um, she somehow she's just asking like, I wonder where where this girl went to and he's just like i don't know i didn't even notice she was gone like kind of playing it off like he has no mm. idea he doesn't do anything she goes maybe we should like write her a letter or, or a maybe pamphlet. make her <laughs> yeah or maybe make her a pamphlet but she saw him remember i didn't see her see him yeah I, like and i said i was i was recklessly driving and watching that's this true for the most part so in that scene what happens when he passes it off through the gate and he's mm -hmm. talking to like i think she's like a lunch lady right at the uh, other school yeah it, he uh, he turns around and Jordana with because another thing I would like to mention about this movie red is very important in this movie and Jordana's coat is red and it mm -hmm. stands out a lot because she's the only one who wears a coat like that um, in the whole movie she's standing like watching him and he like looks like boo and like walks away fast all awkward like he does oh, throughout okay. the whole movie so Jordana must have gotten to that lady and so, asked well she's maybe or she just saw that he had handed he it's like a packet it's like a bit it's not just like a little like yeah it's a big he had thing. done something it's yeah. a manila folder filled with papers right it seems like she knows but maybe she's just being coy but right so then she calls him out in that scene they're in they're in the, like the lunchroom or something and then he goes what do you want from me and she says meet me under the bridge at whatever time for some reason makes him Get on his knees. Well, that was to get at, uh, get back at her ex-boyfriend. Oh, okay. So to get on his knees, took a bunch of pictures of them kissing, uh, and he didn't understand what they were going to do with those. And she said, we're going to put them all over the school. And he didn't, he was like, what is this? the point of this? And she was like, what do you care? Nobody's going to think you're gay anymore. <laughs> They're not going to question that. It's a picture of you making out the popular girl. So turns out the ex-boyfriend finds these pictures, clearly not happy, is beating the shit out of this kid, beating the shit out of Oliver. And this is where I thought, like, oh, this isn't just for a movie. He really does actually have, like, some kind of genuine crush on this girl because he makes him admit that he's a homo. Mm -hmm. He says, say you're gay to everybody. So he does. The whole school is laughing. And then he says, now I want you to admit that Jordana's a slut. Say she's a slut. And he refused to do it. Yeah, and he's he like, kept on, fuck, go fuck yourself. Yeah, he says. Was, she's just looking at him, like, looking at Oliver, like, are you going to say anything? And then he just straight up looks at the bully and goes... How about you go fuck yourself? And the very next scene is 
uh, Jordana and him are walking through a field, and he's clearly gotten no, no, no. fucked up. You missed it before that. He's literally. It's literally everyone's. They're in like a little, like lower part of mm-hmm. like with down like some stairs, and and uh, so he, the, you don't actually even see the punch. Right. The next cut is everyone's gone except for him and Jordana, and he's lying on the leaves. Oh like, yeah, against he was the sitting wall, up on the wall, and, his and nose then, is bleeding. <laughs> yeah. So they walk off, and um, I, I guess. That's that's not where the the first genuine kiss happens, is it? They, I don't think so. It's I think maybe I'm not really sure, but around it's around then because then there's also the part where he's like, I I tonight I asked if she was my girlfriend and she said I'll think about it, which basically means yes. Like <laughs> yeah. So it's around there that they start to actually have like a real relationship, and there's mm-hmm. a scene where uh, he comes home late. I think it's that right after that he comes home late and the mom's like, "Where have you been?" She's all worried and stuff, and he's like, "I was with my girlfriend." And like, she's like, "Oh, oh, oh!" Like they're so happy, and then the yeah. cuts to the dad's like, "Hey, sport!" Like coming in, like, <laughs> "Heard you have a girlfriend." Like, right, right. One time I ripped my vest off for a girl. It was really weird. It was a, a weird scene. One, no, that's one of my favorite lines. He's like, "It was very invigorating." Or something. He's like, "He's talking about how he ripped his vest off." It was beautiful because <laughs> I'm just like, I can't see him doing that. <laughs> he's a really scrawny, weird-looking guy. Um, uh, an important thing that we might have just uh, missed a little bit was the mom thinks that there's something wrong with him, right? Because once he realized, because she had a book in her drawers when he was like spying on his parents and looking through the drawers, found a book on kids dealing with like mental yeah. issues. So he there's a little montage of scenes where she would come in and he said he liked to slip in random sentences to make her think that he's crazy because he thought it was, he was just trying to be funny. Right. He's Something like, I've been dead for years and... I, I, my insides are made of bricks and like yeah, weird yeah. shit that he just slips in conversation because yeah. he wanted her to think he's insane. Well, and I love how he refers to it as during a routine search of my parents' bedroom. <laughs> like it's a normal thing to do because right. he's well, constantly like, spying oh, on parents. You didn't do that when you were a kid. You didn't right. like search around, try to like mm, find stuff. I don't know. I didn't, you know, yeah. see if, see if they like hid Christmas presents somewhere, <laughs> you know, like. So she, <laughs> she chases him up to the room when that night when he goes running up to his room, she like runs up after him and, and he's bleeding and she's like. Is this self-harm? He goes, what do you think? I punched myself in the face? Yeah, yeah. And she was like, like, oh, okay, I get it. Because like, he goes, no, mom, I was defending my girlfriend's honor. And she goes, right. oh, okay, so you're not taking this seriously, obviously. He goes, no, mom, my girlfriend. And that's where the reality, right, oh, my right. God, my son has a girlfriend. And they were super excited about that. Um, so there's a bunch of good lines at this point, too. Um after the, obviously, the I ripped my, he was like, one time I ripped my vest off in front of a woman, which is great. But also, uh, a, a good, like, serious line when they, he, the, Oliver says, through this super eight footage of memory, mm-hmm. which I liked. But another funny one is when they're, they're talking about Graham and uh, Kim Lynn, I think, is his girlfriend, girlfriend yeah. his name. They're talking about them, and Oliver's like, they're ninjas, or he calls them ninjas in front of the mom. And the mom's like, don't call them ninjas, that's racist. <laughs> I love that one. But they like definitely yeah. are like they yeah. like study karate. Yeah, he's like, like doing karate moves <laughs> at night in his backyard. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, there was another thing. There was another connection here at this moment that I noticed that won't be as clear until we get into the graduate. But it happened. In, it was in the graduate as well. Um, at this point, I'm getting so much fucking. Yeah. So there's a connection there to the graduate, um, which is that. There's a scene where he, I can't, it's when, so I might be jumping ahead a little bit. So they decide to have sex. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they've been hanging out a while. They've now, they're boyfriend and girlfriend. 
And he's like, so my parents are going to a movie on Thursday. Like, you, you want to go? Uh, come over? And she's like, are you asking me to come over to your house and have sex with you? And he's like, uh, what would you say if I was or something? And she he says, he goes, would it lower my chance? I mean, lower yeah, my chances yeah. of, of you saying yes if I said yes? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's, I forget what she asked him. She's like, I am going to ask you one question and then I'll tell you. And I can't remember what she asked him. Um. I don't know what she specifically asked, but then she... Oh, no, no, that's what was funny. He kept on saying, I have the house to myself. He said it like three or four times, yeah, yeah. so the house so will be, be empty. Yeah, you know, so they'll be and gone. And then she goes, can I just ask you one serious question before uh, I answer? And he yeah. goes, yeah. She goes, will the house be empty? <laughs> he, he just looked like, damn it. And so she's like, all right, how about you write a list down of um, the reasons why I should? Right. And so he wrote... You have an undying love for me. Yeah, and she crosses and I it forget, out. I didn't even read the other two. I just love that she she took a red sharpie and scribbled out the undying <laughs> love part. Right. <laughs> but so yeah, he's gonna set up you know his little sexcapade, and that's when the ninjas line happens because the the mom and dad are supposed to go to a movie, but now Graham is gonna come with them, right. and the dad now doesn't want to go. So Oliver's like trying to get him to go, and and uh, he eventually does get them all to go, and. He's sitting there waiting for Jordana, mm -hmm. and I noticed for the very first time, on the table in their house mm -hmm. is a diving helmet in oh, The Graduate, wow. where he comes out in the diving suit, that yeah. thing. I was like, weird. And right. also, obviously, it fits into the, there's a reason why this movie's called Submarine, which we kind of get into way later. But yeah, I was like, wow, diving helmet. Interesting. So Jordana comes over, and he fucks it up royally. Oh yeah, and she like leaves and then comes back. Yeah, so it was it was weird. So he he went and got balloons and flowers and set up a whole room, and then uh, he brings her upstairs. And when she goes in, he's like laying on the bed trying to be like seductive. Oh yeah, I and then she she just goes, "You're a psycho!" Like Dude, something says, crazy. And like, yeah, you're a serial killer. She goes, right. "Oh my god, you're a serial killer!" And and like <laughs> rocks out. Yeah. So then he just runs after. Her. He goes, "Well, I'm so sorry," and then hands her like a letter. And the letter, I don't remember what was said in the letter, but it was really, really sweet, like how she's too good for him and too good for everybody. Yeah, he literally and she writes immediately that. turns around and goes back and rings the doorbell. And then it jumps straight to, like, him in bed smiling. Yep. <laughs> like, and it's like, all right, yeah, cool. You got it. <laughs> um, and so he is just like his dad. And uh, that comes up a bunch in this movie, and it starts to come up a little bit at this point. Because another thing that happens in this movie that's a, an important thing is that the dad has some serious depression, Oliver's dad. And this is referenced by him drinking lemon water, hot lemon water. And oh. there's a couple points in the movie where Oliver does as well. Right. And it's so, some telling stuff there. Um. So, I can't remember exactly what happens next, but I know that, so, they have sex, and then he's all, he, because there's the thing that he gives her the books, and he's like, well, now that we've had, he's like, you should, we should, like, get to know each other better now that we've had sex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said, I think we should have more common interests, so he yeah, gave her a yeah. list of books. Um, Catcher in the Rye, hell yeah. Yep. That's a good, good example, but then she said... He goes, I just thought we could have some common interests. And she goes, why would I want to be like you? Like, it was like a, such a weird yep, yep. backhanded compliment, I guess, in a sense. Um, so this kind of progresses to uh, the dad 
is it's very obvious that the dad is is going through depression. Right. The mom is clearly having questions about their relationship and is kind of feeling some type of way about Graham, right? Uh, because obviously, I mean, well, and also, spike-haired mullet. And, also, there's another part in the movie earlier on where he's like, "My parents haven't had sex in seven months" or something like that, and then he he knows that by how the light in their room is dimmed. He comes into their room and turns their lighter on. Yeah. If it's dimmed halfway, it exactly. means that they've been sleeping together. So his parents, yeah, he, he, he the movie has made you very aware of this, and then. He sees his mom and Graham leaving, like, a hairdresser's together, like, running through the rain. Like, they're obviously having a goddamn affair. And right. he knows it. So he grabs Jordana and he's like, kiss me. Yeah, to, to kind of hide from his mom. Yeah. Um, well, at this point, I don't think they're even they're even having an affair. I think it's just, it is somewhat innocent. The mom obviously has some mixed feelings, but I don't think that something was going right. on at that point. Right. Yeah, no, I mean where the film goes with that yeah i would say not they were just having a f- uh you know fun that was leading the fl- flirtatious fun that was yeah, leading it wasn't it. so innocent but nothing actually happened right um okay so that's happening and then in the meantime uh jordana's mom gets a brain tumor yes which is a pretty uh sad thing to to deal with and, and now he has the whole you know third act of this movie is him pretty much trying to juggle what he's going to do for Jadana, whose mom is dying, and being there to try to save his parents' relationship. Right. which is yeah. So he keeps having these very fork-in-the-road moments where he has to pick one over the other. Which is funny, because then there's the, the, the point of it um, where him and his dad are kind of having a talk about why his dad isn't really doing, oh, yeah. doing much uh, to, to save his own relationship and why he's ignoring what's going on between. Right. Is this when he asks him like, if he's always felt this way? Yeah. He said, and he says it feels like he's underwater, which I thought was a a nice touch. Considering this whole thing is, there's a lot of metaphors about diving and stuff. Right. Um, so what I thought was weird is during this talk, uh, they both had something to do. He had promised not, 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 uh, the main character, the dad had promised his mom, that she would that he would go with her to one of these dudes' speeches, right? These weird psychic talks. The mm-hmm. neighbor, um, and then uh, Oliver promised Jordana that he would go to the hospital uh, for the surgery right. for the tumor removal for her mom. Right to be there with be Jordana, there, just be there because it could go bad and it could go good. But whatever it is, you should still be there. You're the boyfriend. So after this long talk, they just both decide. For some reason, they're just going to sit at the kitchen table, eating awkwardly, as the phone rings. And the dad says, oh, that could be your mom. Could be Jordana. And they just both kind of shrug at it, and they ignore the phone ringing. Eventually, the mom comes home. And, wait, it also shows Jordana making and hanging up several phone calls. Well, it it does at one point while this is happening. So the phone's ringing. The mom comes home. The mom looks at the dad. Doesn't the dad doesn't even look back at the mom? She just throws her jacket on the floor, throws her keys on the floor, and goes upstairs. Then the phone immediately rings, and now you know it's Jordana calling. Yep. Then it jumps to Jordana in the hospital, and it's showing like a highlight reel of her through the entire day calling, hanging up, calling, hanging up, calling, hanging up. Eventually, being miserable. It's heartbreaking to yeah, watch. Yeah, it's really sad. No. And it was one of those moments. I'm just like, what the fuck are either of you doing? Mm-hmm. I don't get, fuck your depression. Man up. They're really, both being kind really, of pussies. Well, Yes, but in the dad's case, as much as he is, he's also, it's more understandable, I think. 
I felt that for me, at least, it just wouldn't have been hard to be there for my girlfriend or even just a girl I cared about. Right. A friend. Right. In need like that. So it really made me angry that he was doing this. But he also, there was another thing that got thrown in there. I felt like he was, he felt like he had to stay with his dad and that was what he was telling himself. Right. Which was his way of giving an excuse. Even though later on he admits, I was scared. You yeah, know? He could have easily just answered the phone and been like, my dad is going through some stuff right now. I don't know what's wrong. I'm going to stay with him. Uh, but at the same time, she could turn around and go, my mom's going through fucking brain surgery. <laughs> right? Asshole. Um, so, so where that goes from there is uh, they don't talk for a while, The Jordana and, and all of when it. I think Jordana's out of school for a little bit, too. Yeah, she disappears for a little bit. Uh, he ends up receiving a letter of some sort. Uh, that she wrote, but I, she didn't hand him. Somebody else gave it to him. Um, yeah. He, where she just pretty much says, I have a new boyfriend. You'll see him. Don't act weird. You know, like, you're a really good actor. Just act like everything's fine. Um, by the way, my mom's okay. Not that you give a shit. Right. And all these things. And so he's kind of just, just being in his own sorrow. Uh, and then the big showdown is what they call well, it happens. There's one thing that happened before that that leads to the showdown is he also breaks into Graham's house and and pees? No, in the you're house. doing it again. Am I doing it again? You're is this doing later? Your, yeah, you're having a very scattered so brain is, today. This is showdown. Okay, <laughs> yeah, well, it's I, part again, of showdown. I watched so, I watched three of these movies yesterday, so they're all right. blending. Yeah. So the Christmas thing happened. It was it was Christmas, right? Uh, where they're just kind of talking about they, I don't know the family's just having Christmas and everybody's just whatever, and there's just it's you know ooh it's the holidays. A week later is the showdown. New Year's Eve. Uh, he writes a fake letter from his dad to his mom and pretty much tells her he wants to make love to you again. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just awkward. And, and she, she knows says, it's from him. Yeah, she knows it's bullshit and that the dad doesn't feel this way. And, and Which the dad does feel that way, but like didn't want anything like right. that done. Uh, he goes upstairs to go write another letter. <laughs> Pretend, I know, <laughs> he starts writing, I know you received a letter from Oliver, but this one I swear is from <laughs> yeah. me. And immediately he hears a door slam and sees the car drive off. So he runs downstairs, and there's a letter from the mom to the dad that says, I'm going to the yep. beach with Graham, which is really shitty because it's New Year's Eve. Uh, so that means, like, this affair is definitely about to culminate. Like, that's oh, actually yeah. going to happen. Um, so this leads to he goes to the beach, and he's looking all over the place for his mom. He finally he spots the mom holding hands with Graham. Graham has his arm around her back eventually, so they're, like, real cuddly. And they're stumbling off. The mom is clearly drunk. and the He also sees Jordana with yeah. her new boyfriend. So he sees Jordana there too. But uh, that's, I don't know if the boyfriend's there yet. But they had a thing where like it, he kept going back and forth visually. Like looking at his mom. Looking at Jordana. Looking at his mom. And then runs off and chases after the yep. mom. And Jordana looks disappointed. So the uh, the neighbor then opens the back of his van. His like love making van. And she gets the mom gets in the van. He's seeing all this from the distance, like, kind of hiding. He's got his bike. Uh, and then they get into the van. He stares at the van. Like, he knows what's about to happen in that right. van. Throws a bottle and drives off. And that's when he decides he wants this neighbor to think, I'm crazy. This is right. what you're signing up right. for. So he breaks into his house. He burns some of his shit. He pisses all over his tape. He tries to and barely pisses at yeah, all. he barely pisses. He struggles for a little bit. Uh, Graham then says, drops off the mom. He also says the line, Feel my piss. Yeah. <laughs> so he uh, goes upstairs. Um, oh, and almost burns 
Graham's fucking house down. Yeah, almost. <laughs> but he had a, he had he planned on putting the fire yeah. out. Uh, so he <clears throat> Graham drops off the mom, and then goes home. And thinks that it's his ex-girlfriend that broke into the house and did all these things. And he sits at the end of his bed. He sees somebody hiding under a blanket. And then he pulls the blanket off like, what are you doing? And he goes, that's not my name. He goes, my name's Oliver Tate. (laughs) And like, she's pretty much saying that he's like, I'm my mom's son and whatever. So uh, the neighbor like drops off shit-faced, like blacked out Oliver on the porch. Uh, And it comes to the morning they wake up. The mom just pretty much is like, uh yeah, everything you yeah. saw definitely did happen. I gave Graham a hand job. I gave him an HJ. <laughs> all right, and we're never gonna talk about this yeah. again. And then he's saying to his dad, "You should be more mad about this." He goes, "I'm uh, upset. You're right. I'm pretty yeah, I'm mad." And they just kind of like they they, they culminate in like their relationship is now healed. From yes. This. Uh, and she said she gave him a hand job to calm him down because she didn't yeah. want to have sex with him, which yeah she regrets, but it's still fucking weird. Yeah. Um, and then when he goes to school. The next day, this is the other part of the showdown. Um, she's with Giraffe Boy, which he, he just doesn't like giraffes now because mm. the, the new boyfriend has well, a long this, neck. Is this before he has to read the note out loud or after? I think it was right after. Remember? He yeah, has, he had to read. Okay, so he, he writes a note in class. The teacher makes him read it out loud. And one of the, the note is reasons not to kill myself. Right. And, and then it's the teacher having like, if you need anyone to talk to, like... Yeah, yeah, and then he goes outside and sees Jordana and her boyfriend. Yeah, but the, but also in the note was uh, if he fails his attempt to win back Jordana, which is right. Um, kind well, of yeah, the, the so main he, thing was it. I wouldn't get to it, that if he killed himself, he wouldn't get to see her again. That was one right. of the things. So he goes outside and and the he's walking. He sees Jordana up on this wall with the new boyfriend. And he just keeps walking. Uh, the kid is making fun of him, the, the funny kid that yeah. we like. Uh, and then he just goes to kick him, and the kid catches his leg and just holds him. He's like, are you serious? Yeah. And then he just like puts his foot back down, yep. and he just goes, I'll punch you in the face. And he turns around and goes back to Jordana and tells her everything. Like, I, my I, my parents were uh, going through some stuff. My mom went to the beach with my neighbor, was going to have an affair, and I love you. And pretty much, like, I should have been there for you, but I was scared, and I'm sorry. And he goes, no, this is the part where you leave him and, and, and run away with me. And then she goes, is it? And he goes, yeah. And then she says, no. Yeah, and he's like, are you coming? <laughs> yeah, so so then it just kind of, he runs off heartbroken or whatever, and he's at the beach. And a little early in the movie, he had this imaginary scene in his head for his movie that he's coming up with, uh, where he, it's like a cliche. He runs up to a woman who's wearing Jordana's jacket, but it's not her when she turns around. Uh, sees a... a, a a woman on the beach this time around wearing the red jacket runs up, turns around. It is Jordana with a dog. When she said she was allergic to dogs early in the movie, uh, which we didn't bring up for some reason, probably because it's a real minor yeah, yeah. detail. Uh, and he's like, what do you have this dog for? And blah, blah, blah. And they just kind of slowly start riffing. Like it becomes mm-hmm. like more joking. And he tells her how the ocean is six miles deep or something. Right. And so She's like, good, because they decide they're just going to kill themselves together. Right. They're going to walk into the ocean. So they just keep taking turns. Like, she walks deep, like, off into the yep. ocean with the dog. And then he follows her, and they just kind of start smiling, and then they hold hands, and the movie ends. Yep. Uh, also, there was another thing I just want to throw this in. Speaking of the dogs, because we did go right over that. There was a scene early in the movie, so she had a dog, mm-hmm. and she had eczema. Right. And he looked up something, I believe, that found out that that might be the cause. Yeah. Also, he wanted to prepare her for her mother's death, so he was going to poison the dog, and then the dog got hit by a train. 
<laughs> so yeah. he didn't. And he literally says, pretty, "I turned out I didn't have to poison the dog." <laughs> so yes, this character to help her uh, brace for grief. Yes. Right. So yeah, that's uh, that's Submarino. Why are you saying it like that? I don't know. That's there's another movie called Weirdo. Submarine, and I was trying to find <laughs> this movie to watch it again, mm-hmm. and it's a, a Norwegian movie or Swedish movie, mm-hmm. and I found it to watch on demand. Right. But it was the the other the version, right? right? Except for the background image mm-hmm. was the image of Jordana. Was it really? Yeah, but every all the actors were from the other movie. If you the watched screen it, grab it was, was probably. Yeah. I was like, "That's so weird." Yeah, they definitely messed it up. So all right, well, that was uh, the movie you chose for me, yeah. and uh, so I think we should yeah. on to the next one. Yeah. Now it's time for ice cream, or maybe some nuts. Cool glass of orange. Why not try a hot dog? Or the real thing, a cool, refreshing Coca-Cola. From the sales staff and in the foyer, now. Okay, so the movie that you guys picked, the listeners, for us to watch that we haven't seen under this theme is The Graduate. It's a 1967 Drama and romance. Okay, it is directed by Mike Nichols. It was written by Buck Henry and Calder Willingham, starring the great Dustin Hoffman and the late Anne Bancroft, who is uh, actually Mel Brooks. Widow. Ex- uh, yeah. He's the widower. He's the widower, yeah. Uh, she passed away in 2005, rest her soul. She was a really fantastic actress and beautiful to the end. Um, this movie is brought to you by two sponsors, okay? First sponsor, if you remember Tim Questions Everything, he is also my co-host, along with the great Derek Clark, on a podcast called Three Jabronis, and it is a wrestling podcast, something I have not addressed yet. I am a massive wrestling nerd, as well as Kevin here. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> That's actually how we met, over our bond for professional wrestling. I added mm-hmm. him to a, a group that I have on Facebook. Uh, it is where we just kind of dive into wrestling every week. We talk about Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Sometimes we talk about indies in Japan and uh, do reviews of old pay-per-views. Second, uh, we have a friend named Justin Furtak who is in a band called Cool Parents. That band also has a spinoff podcast. Him and his bandmate are extremely funny. It's just banter. It's a great podcast. They just shoot the shit. Uh, both of these podcasts are available everywhere. I believe. Uh, again, Three Jabronis is ex- definitely everywhere that we are and everywhere that Tim Questions Everything is because uh, Tim uploads those. So check it out if you're a wrestling nerd. Uh, Justin Fartak is also a wrestling nerd, but he's very funny. He's a very funny guy. You should definitely check out Cool Parents. You say that like wrestling nerds aren't funny. No, we're awesome. <laughs> All right. So anyways, now on to the trailer for The Graduate. Darkness, my old friend I've come to talk with you again Listen, everybody, I want you all to be quiet I've got Ben's college yearbook here And I just want to read you some of the wonderful things about Ben Hey, there's the award-winning scholar We're all very proud of you, Ben How are you, track star? What are you going to do now? I was going to go upstairs for a minute I meant with your future Your life Well, that's a little hard to say Because a vision softly creeping 
left its seeds while I was sleeping. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Have you gotten us a room yet? I haven't, no. Do you want to? I'll get undressed now, is that all right? Sure. Shall I? I mean, shall I just stand here? I mean, I don't know what you want me to do. Why don't you watch? Oh, sure, thank you. Benjamin, are you having an affair with someone? I do think you should know the consequences of what you've done. I, I do think you should know that my wife and I are getting a divorce soon. What happened between Mrs. Robinson and me? Simon and Glarfunkel present The Graduate. Did you say Simon and Glarfunkel? Yeah, I'm not, I, refuse Glarf to call, I refuse to call him by his real name. Why? What's the matter with Glarfunkel? Because he's not Paul Simon. So? The band should have been called Paul Simon and Come that on. guy. Come on. Taking him down. Love Glarfunkel. What did he do? He just sang. He's a good singer. And he's okay. He wrote some stuff. But yes, there is a lot of Simon and Garfunkel in <laughs> yes, this movie. Yes, the actual, the, the movie's soundtrack is by Simon and Garfunkel. They're credited in the very beginning. It, it soundtrack by Paul Simon, performed yes. by Simon and Garfunkel. Yep. So clearly. And and also has, uh, it. they had stuff that they made specifically for the movie, including a longer version of the Mrs. Robinson song. With right. like all that they play at the end, where it's like yeah, it's the just the instruments for... and stuff. Mm -hmm. No, no actual singing. But what was really cool is uh, at some point in this movie, Dustin Hoffman's character, uh, which I can't. What's his name in this? Benjamin. Brent? Benjamin Braddock. Is it Benjamin? Benjamin. It is Benjamin. Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin uh, ends up whistling the tune to Mrs. Robinson, which I thought was yes. really cool. Well, it's like him whistling on screen, but it's the song. Right. So it's like, yeah, he's whistling it, but he's not just, really. His lips are moving to a whistling It's actually thing. Paul Simon whistling. Right. But... Um, <laughs> I actually learned, this is the first time I never, I knew that song forever. I had no idea it was written for this movie. I had no idea it was for the character of Mrs. Robinson. Me neither. I thought that it was just like a thing that happened. Yeah. And, and this is something you might not know, a fun little tidbit. It's not fun. It's actually pretty sad. Uh, one of her co-stars in another movie did the eulogy at her funeral, but Paul and, Simon and performed. And Bancraft, you mean? Yeah, 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 and background. So Mrs. Robinson, and yeah. and so he performed. Paul Simon performed that song wow. at the funeral because it was written for her character, which I thought was pretty sweet. That is pretty awesome. Um, so this movie starts out with a famous opening shot that I did not realize was in this movie, and looked it up, and actually Quentin Tarantino. Mm -hmm. That's where he got the inspiration for the opening shot of Jackie Brown, with Jackie Brown going through the airport on the escalator. Is from this right. movie. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't never realize. Yeah, he's on an airplane, and then he gets on the, the thing. It's it's like a, an escalator, but the ones that are flat. Yeah, yeah. So you can just kind of pull your suitcase. <laughs> um, the whole time, it's, you know, Dustin Hoffman on the right, and then the credits on the left, and, and the sound of silence is playing. Yes. Something we wish we could play for you, but yes. uh, we would get in trouble for exactly. that. Exactly. I mean, we, we did actually, in our intro, use the song, uh, what is it called? Movies. Oh, yeah. By Tiny Moving Parts. Which is it's a small tidbit. You should definitely go listen to yeah, them. Yeah, you should check them out. Uh, but Take somehow time. we managed to slip that one by them. <laughs> it's just playing on our podcast. But, you know, it is what it is. Hey. Uh, Sound of Silence, however, will not be able to play. It'll definitely be yeah. tagged. Like, nope, sorry. <laughs> Upload something else, guy. So uh, Benjamin is, what, a 20-something-year-old? He's just graduated. He's 20. And he actually, part of the, the very, one of the first scenes in the movie uh, is... His little birthday, it was his 21st birthday, mm -hmm. it's the, the scene where he puts on the scuba outfit and dives for six feet, and one of the weirdest scenes in the yeah. movie. I still have no idea what it was even doing in the no, movie. I, my note there was like, wow, people back then were really fucked up, huh? It was just weird. It was <laughs> weird. Parents were awful back then. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I also another thing before we even get into the plot of this movie. I love that the every every female actor in this movie was doing the classic forties and fifties darling. Oh, and, yeah. oh like, yeah. Wearing pearl necklaces and having the hair put up and just being like the overacting with like is that an accent? Like we talked about right, last week, right. the Johnny Depp thing where you're from America but you're doing that which so to, it's once in a while an accent comes in. Right, right. Um thing that happens. And then all the men in the movie outside of Dustin Hoffman's character Benjamin are very the same, but like they're like mad men salesmen. Yeah, what do you have done? There's a cigarette in my mouth yeah. and whatever. That that weird gimmick. Including his father, who's played by the great William Daniels, aka Fina. Yeah, and if you don't understand that reference, go fuck yourself. Yeah, seriously. I don't even care if you're yeah, too young. Really. Get it together. They had Girl Meets World. What's <laughs> right? wrong with you assholes? But, so yeah, Feeney is his dad, and... Mm. Uh, Sounds like he had a lot of helium balloons throughout mm. that movie, because he's way he's younger. Ve- yeah, he's very high-pitched. Yeah. He's in great shape, too, um, Mr. Feeney. Just but saying. so at this uh, at this this opening scene, mm-hmm. uh, Benjamin... It's, I mean, I think he already knows her, but it's like he re-meets Mrs. Robinson. And, you know, he's been away for a little bit. Yeah, um, he's been away for college. Right. So uh, he re-meets her, and she asks him to give her a ride home. Yeah. Uh, so to before we get too scatterbrained, when he gets back from the – it shows him in the airport or whatever. The very next scene is him sitting in front of a fish tank in his bedroom for yep. his own graduation party that he doesn't want to be a part of because he's kind of having his little quarter-life crisis, like – what about my future? What happens next? Right, like his he's, parents he's even him. like hiding upstairs. Yeah, his parents convince him to come down. He awkwardly goes around meeting a bunch of people, and then he goes up to his room and is kind of having a little panic attack. Right, and well, that's even... where Mrs. Robinson shows up, walks through the doorway, uh, was looking for the bathroom apparently, but mm-hmm. was clearly trying to seduce him, and uh, asks him for a ride. So he drives her home, and that's where things get real. Yeah. Things awkward and rapey. No, it got awkward yeah, and no, rapey. It, it was really definitely. such an odd scene. No, it, it technically, it was, I mean, it wasn't as hard as that, but it was, uh, it was sexual harassment at very least. Yeah. And it, likely actually a sexual assault. Right. She things were out on him. I, I hate this, this saying She this. traps him in a room. Right. I hate saying this type of stuff uh, where it's like, oh, it was a different time. But I mean, it, it was a different time. It was like a... Whatever, but if the roles were reversed yeah. at this time frame, it still would have been, yeah. like, if the roles were reversed, it would have been way worse. People right. would not have been so receptive to this movie. Well, so what that, happens... That's, it also has, what that scene also has probably the second most famous lines. Like, Mrs. Robinson, you are trying to seduce me. Like, yeah. So it's it's peak, peak... Almost everything actually I noticed about this movie happened, that, that's really famous about it, happens at the very beginning and end of yeah. this movie. Everything else is, like, forgotten. Right. So he... Uh, brings her inside because she's claiming she's afraid of being alone with the, you know, first it's the lights, then it becomes, I don't like being home. My husband will be home soon. That leads to my husband's not going to be home for several hours. Mm-hmm. And he's like onto her. Like you're trying to seduce me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I know what you're up to. And then and she's then like, she, no, I'm not. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so he gets all upset. He doesn't mean to offend her. And then it turns out she really is, uh, keeps giving him an attitude about, will you just stop being weird? Put my purse right. in the room, whatever. He goes fine. He goes and he puts her purse in a bedroom. And then she wants him to she unzip walks, his her dress. That already happened. Yeah, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm past that Blow part. Past right. it. <laughs> yeah. So he goes into the room, puts the purse down. It's the daughter's room, uh, and then she slams the door behind her. Comes into the room. She's fully naked, and he's panicking. 
Uh, and then boob flash. Yeah, and Mr. Robinson's car pulls up. He fucking bolts downstairs, grabs the bourbon that he had had started drinking earlier, and is pretending he was down the whole time drinking, right. and was like, uh, "This is my favorite thing." He goes, uh, "Miss Robinson, I drove her home. Uh, Miss, Ro- she said she needed a ride home, so then I drove her home." And it was like this weird, like panic mode. <laughs> it was very similar to the kid in Submarine when he's trying to cover or stuff up, you know? Yeah. Like, so he uh, he comes down. He, he the the Mr. Robinson walks up and sits him down and is trying to tell him like you make sure that you sow your oats this summer have as much sex with a bunch of women as you can it's a really weird thing to be talking about when this guy almost got seduced by your wife again parents in the sixties were horrible yeah uh, so that scene was wicked rapey uh, and then ironically leads to one of the very next scenes he's just standing outside of some random hotel that has parties going on and he calls Mrs. Robinson yep because. <laughs> Well, because she also, we shouldn't, another famous, like, line or, or whatever from her in that movie is she says, like, Benjamin, I want to have sex with you. If you don't want to have sex right now, that's fine. But just know you can call me whenever. So he's now making good on that call, yeah. apparently. Like, almost the very next scene after a very uncomfortable, like, I would never do that kind of scene immediately is, like, he's thinking about her. Right. Uh, between those scenes, we already addressed it, so it's kind of okay that we kind of skipped it, was... On his 21st birthday, his parents have like a crowd of people in the backyard to for the big display of this not a boy anymore. This young man uh, is going to do something. Suit. Yeah, so he comes out in a scuba outfit, and they're like, "He's going to dive in a six foot pool." Right. And now, also, we should mention like people remember when we're talking about a diving suit. We mean like old timey, like brass, full circular head cover. With the little great diving suit. You know yeah, what I'm talking We're not talking about like scuba gear. We're talking about like a like a deep sea diving suit. I don't think you're... I think he was just wearing like a modern scuba outfit. He was? I thought yeah, he had like he a helmet on. Like a... Well, because it's shot like through the eyes. So For the most part, like yeah. But it does on. show him like laying there eventually. True, true. So he keep, he he dives into the... First, his parents... Mr. Feeney's trying to convince him to come out. And he's like, come on, son. They're waiting for you. Are they going to disappoint the crowd? Why? Why did the parents do? What is this? I don't understand the scene. The whole scene is his parents are trying to convince him to come out in the scuba gear so he could dive into a six foot pool and go underwater in the scuba outfit. Yeah, well, for the crowd. Nowadays we have people have gender reveals. It's the it's 1967's version of that. What well, I don't I still don't get it. I no, don't, I don't understand. get it. It was I don't such get a weird either. scene. It's like a it's like a coming out party for someone or something. Turning twenty one. Yeah. I'm gonna dive in a pool in scuba gear. What the fuck also, does that even mean? Well, this is also, I think, a lot of this movie, I mean, we talked about this off the air. A lot of this movie is a critique on the era um, in yeah. general. And I feel like that, it was very interesting to me that throughout this whole movie, Benjamin mm-hmm. is still being treated like a child, even yeah. though he's an adult man who is just, who has a degree now. Right. And that scene in particular and the opening scene, like the com- coming home party scene, you notice that there's nobody Benjamin's own age there? Right. It's a bunch of adults. Yeah. Like, just it's spectating his... him and, and kind of pushing him into a direction. That They're parties go, like... for the parents, not for the kids. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I'll actually, to, to address the weird the weirdness you're talking about, how, like, it was kind of like a, a, a piece on, like, what was happening at the time. Um, I was watching this movie with my very beautiful friend, uh, Katie Fitzgerald. And she is on the computer... And I'm thinking, oh, she's not watching. Whatever. It doesn't matter. She doesn't have to. I'm the one who has to watch this. She was researching the movie at the same time, which is really cool. And she is, uh, at the end of it, is explaining to me, oh, it's it's satire. This whole thing is satire. It's the first 
my parents just don't understand movie and it was for baby boomers you know what i mean it was their first like that's yeah. them watching like you know their ladybird it's right our our lady not really ours the next generation's ladybird right. i'd say uh, the generation before me had Breakfast Club. Right, exactly. Um, I don't really know what we had for that. On, there was honestly, Bueller, kind of. I wouldn't say that, but Lady that's still... Lady Bird for me fits that definitely, and it does now. But we're thirty. Yeah, but I mean, that, I mean, where that movie takes place, and I mean, not to jump back in that too much, but the whole backdrop of the Iraq War and stuff like it's a bunch of shit that we went through too. Yeah, that makes sense. So, like, because I remember while watching The Graduate, I kept having trouble relating. To a, a lot, lot to his experience, yeah, because I didn't live. We didn't live in an era like that, and yeah. you know the whole thing. Like, we'll get into it later, but when he moves to like the rooming house and stuff, it was like people aren't like that nowadays. So it's hard to like be like, oh yeah, I've been through that. Like I haven't been through that experience. I haven't been through the experience like this, where like my parents like kept me as a like five year old until yeah. I was out of college. You know, so I think it's definitely. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, because it also, I don't, is it supposed to take place in, like, the early 60s, or the, I mean, I think it's, it's supposed to take place in when 67. the movie is yeah. happening. Um, I think the music makes, that makes sense, especially. Yeah. So, um, I like, I know the last two movies, and every movie we normally go all the way through the plot, because it's worth doing. I genuinely, this is a, it's a critically acclaimed movie, it's, you know, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, um, it's, I guess it was very, very groundbreaking for what it was. And like I said, it was the Baby Boomers' first, like, oh, something for us, not for our mm. parents. It has um, some dynamite acting from especially Hoffman and Bancroft. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't want to get too crazy with the plot details. We can just do the quick skim, because yeah. from this point, really, it's like they have an affair. Yep. They're hiding it. They keep going there. He's trying to make it more like a relationship. And then the daughter comes up, and he's like, jokingly, he's like, I'm going to take your daughter out. And she's like, no, you will, you will promise me you'll never take my daughter out. Right. And so then he goes home, and his parents are like, hey, you should ask that girl. You should ask yeah, they, like, Mrs. Mrs. On Robinson's him. daughter out. They, everybody forces that relationship on right. him. And, and then they the say irony either is... they're going to do that, either he takes her out, or they're going to have a party. And so he takes her out. To avoid it. And Bancroft is very angry. Um, but also the date was intentionally like one of, uh, the worst dates possible. He took her to a strip club. Yes. With and then the... tries to grab the performer. <laughs> yeah. So the woman with, um, boob tassels, boob tassels is as she's crying after she realizes this date is like blatantly like, you don't like me. This is really awkward. The woman is on stage right behind her and starts swinging the titty tassels around. And then eventually he's hitting her on top of the head yep. with the tassels. And when Dustin Hoffman's character, Benjamin, starts to feel really bad, he just kind of jumps up like he's going to push the stripper off. And the stripper thinks he's going to grope her and jumps back. And then they go running out. And then he explains to her everything. Yep. He says to her, like, not, not anything about a mom. He doesn't know. She doesn't know anything about the mom. But it's kind of like, my parents wanted me to do this. I'm not. I wasn't trying That's to That's why date. I've been acting this way. Yeah. Acting weird. Let me, let me try again. And it cuts to them having a good time, having a great conversation. Yeah. Drunk driving like idiots, driving on yes. the curb. He, for some reason, drunkenly wants to go to the hotel that he's been banging her yes. mom at. And does. So they do. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, how are you doing? Hey, Mr. Gladstone. Hello, Mr. Gladstone. Good to see you again, sir. You were just here yesterday. Right. And his name isn't Gladstone. That's a different woman, isn't it, sir? Like, they don't go that far, but it's... Yeah. yeah. They're like, and how the, do they know you? So all these people keep calling him Mr. Gladstone. And then, like, the very last woman, as he's saying... Uh, I don't know why yeah, they think I'm Mr. Gladstone. Call, I must look like this I guy. I must look like this Gladstone. And she calls him something else. She calls him Brendan. 
Or what, Brent, Benjamin. I thought, I thought it, no, I thought, oh, you're right. So she calls I him Benjamin. I thought she called him, like, Mr. something. And I, I told, but I no. just knew she called him something different. So that was like, yeah. uh-huh, So I she called him Benjamin, and immediately it was like, okay, they clearly know who you are. So he explains this whole affair, but doesn't say who it is. Doesn't right. say it's the, the her mom, obviously. And then this, the girl's, the daughter's like, and it's over? And yeah. there's a pause? And he's like, yeah. Right. Um, and then the, the mom comes to the realization, threatens him, and says, you know, like, if you keep seeing my daughter, like, I'll tell her everything. And they have this big falling out. They both go running into the house soaking wet. Uh, her house. He runs upstairs, and he's explained to her, because he, now at this point, which I thought was really crazy, he's, like, obsessed with the daughter. Like, yeah. Creepily obsessed with the daughter. They had one date, which went really bad, and then kind of was good, and then they got really drunk, and now... He's obsessed, and, and she's obsessed. And he brought her to the hotel, which mean, means he was going to try to have sex with her, which is also kind of weird, even though now he's become her white knight. It's like, oh, but you're still just going to, like, use her? Or, like, yeah. what are you doing, you know? Yeah, so they're they're kind of obsessed with each other, soaking wet after their argument, with his argument with uh, Mrs. Robinson. And so he runs upstairs, goes into a room. She's, like, laughing, like, relax, what's going on? And he's like, there's something I need to tell you. This about this woman, the woman I was telling you about, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what? Just spit it out. And then you kind of hear a noise in the background, and it's Mrs. Robinson in, the, in her bedroom doorway, also soaking wet. And there's just yep. this awkward moment of everybody staring at each other. And it it hits the daughter. You're fucking my mom. Yep. You're yeah. in love with me yeah. already, and you're fucking my mom? Yep. And so she tells him to go pound sand. Yeah. And so he's all heartbroken. He's being weird for a while. And eventually And then she, the movie ends. No. Yeah, I wish it did. <laughs> it really should she, have. She moves to like Brooklyn, I believe it is. She moves No, somewhere. no. I think she... No, Santa Barbara. Because he drives there, remember? No, Santa Barbara's where the wedding is. Okay, well, still. She, she's still in California, though, I'm pretty sure. Because he drives to wherever she is. I thought he flew to her and then was on a bus at some point i thought it was i don't know why I well i know brooklyn. he's on the bus because there's this okay because yeah. didn't they go to the brooklyn zoo wasn't that the brooklyn zoo am i i don't know if that, I'm i don't imagining that you they definitely went to the zoo i'm not sure if right. it was the brooklyn zoo but okay so we're doesn't going, matter we're going she all goes place. yeah so, so okay so he whatever he ends up chasing after her the the daughter for some reason he goes to wherever she's going to school sees her getting on a bus stalking her creepily mm-hmm. chases after the bus Gets on the bus and is like, oh, what a weird coincidence. Like, And she clearly knows it's not a coincidence. She's being freaked out. Uh, he then goes to uh, follow her to the zoo because she says, I'm going to the zoo to meet a guy. And he goes, that's great. I, I've never been to the zoo either. I want to go to the zoo. And then they go to the zoo and he is interrupted by the new tall, beautiful yeah. blonde boyfriend. And he's like this awkward dude who's just with her, which would be the weirdest thing if you're going to meet somebody for a date. There's just some weird guy that she's like, yeah, he followed me here on the bus basically yeah he but she didn't say it. she goes oh i met him on the bus this yeah, is yeah. this is benjamin i met him on the bus um so then he just kind of they go their separate ways she walks off with the dude who has his arm around her um and then he uh is in his room at this this place that he's staying at where the landlord by the way is a fucking weirdo the entire time aggressively yeah. doesn't like yeah. dustin Hoffman's character he's just a, he doesn't just follow her because also before that, doesn't he tell his parents, I'm going to marry her? And they're like, really? And they get all excited first, and then it becomes clear that like he's like, I don't know how. I don't even into like He's just like, yeah, she doesn't like me anymore. Yeah. Like, does she <laughs> like, like they got, no? <laughs> they got all stoked that they were getting married. Right. Um, so he's in the, in the room that he's staying at, and then the daughter shows up. Uh, and she comes in. She goes, why did you come here? You obviously came here for me. And he admits that, yeah, I came here to see you. I wanted to win you back. And then she goes, so you rape my mom? And then 
And he's like, what the? He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Essentially, uh, and she like doesn't want to listen at first. Yeah, which is really weird. So she screams like crazy, like a weirdo. Yep. Neighbors all come running the door. Yeah, all these like college boys. We're gonna threaten to call the police. Blah blah blah. And he's just like, look, she's calm, drinking water because he's explaining to her yeah. while she's screaming. She didn't want to hear it. That I didn't rape your mom. Like I, I had a graduation party. Your mom came. I drove her home. She got naked in front of me in, in your room and, and all this stuff. And she just immediately accepts it. Yep. She immediately is like, oh, okay, I get it now. You didn't rape my mom. First of all, yeah, he didn't rape your mom. He's telling the truth. But she doesn't Why know Why are you that. so fucking quick to believe that? Right. It was so weird. Right. And then... And, and still, still, he has hidden from her this. And that, to me, is enough for her to be like, I don't want to be with you. Like, yeah. it just seemed weird that she would... And, and it, because the movie didn't give you enough, like ammo to be like oh i get it they're like crazy in love there's movies that are similar to this where it's like obvious that the two people have like a chemical you know everybody involved is fucking insane but also this movie was supposed to kind of be like i said like a satire so he ends up uh taking her out the next like the landlord saying you have to leave to to dustin hoffman's character and so she's like you can't leave without a plan and so then she shows up again for some reason while he's sleeping in the middle of the night and is just like... Yeah, literally, does she have a key slash does he yeah. just leave his door unlocked? It was weird. So then it leads to they have a day together. They're running around and she said, maybe I told so-and-so I would marry him. Yeah. Womp, and womp. Then, which I was just like, what the fuck were they doing in the 1960s? Like, yeah. seriously. So so you're like, what, you're 21 and now you're going to marry this you're random marrying stranger? marrying two guys now? Yeah, you're going to marry a stranger... But you're in love with the guy who we went on one date with that's been fucking your mom. Yeah. <laughs> and then she... Well, when you put she, it that way. <laughs> right. She ends up deciding to... Yeah. I'm going to marry that guy because the Carl. dad shows up and is like, you're a piece of shit. Stay away from my family. <clears throat> Stay with my daughter. And then so he uh, realizes, like, I got to go talk to her. Runs there. She's already left. Left a note for him. I'm off to marry so-and-so. Yep. He, she, he goes to this dude's frat. Oh, he met, he left in the middle of the night. He's gonna go get married. They call him the, the makeout the king. The makeout king, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he goes all he gets in his car and he flies to Santa Barbara. The guy he stops at a gas station. He starts screaming at some woman on the phone, trying to find out where this wedding is. Because all, all of this was expertly parodied in Wayne's World as well. It was so silly. The whole thing was so silly. So then he runs because the car breaks down because he didn't get gas at the gas station that he was using the phone on, screaming yeah. at a, an assistant. Uh, and has to run to the church. Goes to the church, gets upstairs through a glass window. This scene was parodied. Wait, can in- I just say, real- sorry, I just want to jump in really. At the gas station, it also is a great little joke where he like lies that he's the he's the priest who's going to be doing the ceremony. So when he leaves, the, what the guy at the attendant actually says, he's like, you need some gas, father? Oh, yeah. Which is so funny because he's going to a Presbyterian church. Right. He wouldn't be a father. Right. That's Catholic. But anyway. So the scene where he goes running up through the upstairs window of the church and he's looking down at the wedding happening. Yep. That was parodied in the Jake Gyllenhaal Bubble Boy movie. It was. And in Wayne's World. That too. was also in Wayne's yeah, World. He did that too. And even up to the point where, so yeah, he he goes up, he slams on the glass. No. After they've kissed, we talked about this off, which, uh, off screen uh, podcast, which was, to me, would mean that they've just been married and they're kissing. They said I do. Yeah. Um, he bangs on the windows and she's like, Benjamin, and everybody's like, rah, rah, and there's like all these scenes, like people's mouths, like yelling at her, like telling her what to do, and she runs out. Yeah, and can, he I run- just, can I yeah, just yeah. dive into this? So he sees that they kissed, 
in front of the whole family, both of their families and friends. The whole wedding happens. He waits like a few. He just goes, "Oh no!" Like he realizes they already got married. Then he just starts banging on the the thing, the class, screaming yeah. her name, Elaine, Elaine, like going crazy, like oh, he like he lets out like a wail. Right. Too. So then she's staring at him, and and Mrs. Robinson, when the dad is about to get up and he's so angry, she's smiling, like she's happy this is happening and is holding him back, like no, let this happen. And then she screams, Ben, the wife, yep. I mean the the, the now wife, of yeah, the yeah, he's in love with. And so she goes running to him, and the dad goes running up the stairs to cut off Benjamin. And then he they start wrestling. Him. They start wrestling, and he's ripping his jacket off. Oh, yeah. And then he fuck Benjamin punches the dad in the stomach. And this like, is actually, actually a really well fight choreographed scene. That yeah. was actually really well done. It was well weird, done. though. It was so, two seconds, but it so was good. So they're fighting, and then all these people are trying to stop Benjamin. He's punching people left and right. Yep. And she's shoving her mom off. And the mom, who was, now, was originally supporting this, for some reason, is mouthing this is bullshit or whatever she's right. saying and it's just weird and then she he takes the bride's hand and they run off together oh wait first he grabs a cross oh yeah he grabs a giant cross and then, he's holding back the crowd and then and then they go out the door and he jams the cross into the door so they can't get through the door which in wayne's world mm. it was a guitar but awesome. they did the same thing in wayne's world but yes yeah, so, so then they run off they get on, on a bus. bus they get to the back of the bus and they're laughing together as the bus is driving off from this church and then they stop and they both the movie ends they don't the well, no, no i mean they, their fate they stop laughing and they, yeah they, they both kinda... take turns laughing and awkwardly sitting there not laughing and, and it was just a weird ending mm-hmm. um i wanted to try i was really trying to just get through that one because i it was just too much of a clusterfuck for me i didn't yeah. understand the ending uh, it was Katie that had to like tell me at the end. It kind of skewed my view at first. I'll have to watch it again. She's the one who said this is a parody. This is a satire of like what was happening then. Right. Uh, how how the parents of that generation saw films, and this was from a, a, a the younger generation's perspective of how silly these movies are, and what the world is to them and to the parents, which is great. And it made the movie a little bit better to me. But I, at the time of this, it was so confusing and it was just right. such an odd thing this giant clusterfuck of everybody in that movie was batshit crazy out oh, of yeah. their minds every character you're a stalker who might have raped my mom and i'm in love with you yeah uh well because and and like we kind of glossed over it but he go literally one of my notes was dustin hoffman stalker he goes full on stalking her he's following her around he's watching her from afar right some very creepy stuff going on in fact another note i made was are we watching ted bundy the movie right and she, or something like that he seemed like a serial killer you also have the 40 something year old woman like uh sexually assaulting pretty much or, or harassing in the beginning and then yeah and then sleeping with someone who while well, she's married and then claims to have been raped and then the the father is i'm gonna divorce my right. wife uh, well, there's her getting raped, and it's just all weird. Yeah, dude. there's also the scene earlier where she reveals that like she didn't want to get married to him. She was yeah. an art student, and so she was, you know. So I think that's why at the end of the movie she's like both fighting it and cheering for it because she kind of wants her daughter to not follow this path, which yeah. she did. You know, it was odd. Yeah, it was. It was odd. They, they just, I don't know. I guess that was the graduate. We have officially graduated. <laughs> We're done. Uh, on on to uh, our verdict. We'll be back.
My Movies Better was brought to you by that awful clicking sound, which I think we figured out what it was. It was our phones, probably specifically my phone because I left it on the mixer. So next week, no more clicking sounds, just three great movies for you to enjoy. And now it's time to render our verdicts. All right, so before we decide uh, whose movie was better, just want to give you guys a heads up. I said this earlier in the podcast very quickly. We have a voicemail that you can call 323 My Movie. Okay? Uh, you can call that. You can make recommendations for movies, uh, for bonus episodes. We have uh, Justin for Attack of Cool Parents wants us to do an episode about The Master with Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman, a movie I saw and adored that you have yet to see. So that'll not. be a fun bonus episode. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to recommend a movie, you want to recommend a theme, uh, if you just have questions, you want to ask us to fantasy cast a future movie, uh, whatever you're, you're into. Yeah. Do an impression. Yeah. Do whatever you want. We'll play it. It, it likely. We seriously will play it. Yeah. So, uh, there's that. You can also find us, uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. All of them are my movies better. Um, our email, my movies better at gmail.com. Uh, and you can like us on Facebook. Also, facebook.com slash mymoviesbetter. That's nice. right. Nobody has taken this. Don't even try it. Uh, so, yeah, that's about it. Um, now, to the point where we really decide my yes. movie's better. We give it our official grades. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you go down this before? Okay, yeah, yeah. You do that. You give, do it, <laughs> you give the grades to the movies first. All right. So, we'll just, I'll just... I'll go in, I'll just go in order from what we did this week. Um, my so actually I'll go I'll go in reverse order. So my <laughs> first grade will be for uh, the graduate. Um, I'm probably gonna give this one a high. I actually thought I was gonna have the 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 stronger reaction to this movie because I didn't like it that much either. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you're even further down that road than I am. But I'm gonna give this. Like C plus, like a high C, like mm-hmm. seventy eight, and a lot of that comes out of just Anne Bancroft's performance in general, and uh, the classicness of the movie. Right. Because like without and and another thing is really great is cinematography. I'll give it. It has great cinematography. Right. Um. Other than that, it's boring. So it, it lost a lot <laughs> of points. I was bored out of my mind, and that was the only one of the three that I like had to struggle to get through. Okay, submarine. Submarine. Uh, I didn't. It's funny. I liked it a lot more when I saw it the first time, but I still love the movie. Um, but I'm gonna give it like 85 B. It, so it's just a solid B. Yeah, it's like it's something I definitely recommend someone watch, but it's not like it's not the same as I'm giving Lady Bird a 95. It is officially therefore on the same level as a Gare which is probably my favorite movie. Mm. So I'm giving it the big one. Your movie won this week in my mind. I think Lady so Bird... you're bowing out to me for this one. Yes. I might, I might change my mind and drop it a few grade points if I watch it again because I'm such a critical <laughs> bastard. But it's still, it's an A. It's, yeah. It was good all around. Everything about it. Awesome. I'm going to stick with my format of last week where mm-hmm. I just make random noises. Okay. Describe just a couple words thrown in. The Graduate... What? Uh, submarine. <laughs> that's that. That's what I'm giving the graduate. Uh, submarine. 
I thought that was the reaction to Submarine. I was like, oh, <laughs> just a big hearty laugh. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> submarine, uh, I would say, oh, okay. All right. All right. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then Ladybird, I give uh... a... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Ladybird's a seven yeah. on the cryometer. <laughs> All right. So you have bowed down to my movie. Mm. I am not bowing out to anybody. I am sticking with my movie. Wow. And that is not just to take the win here. I genuinely, I thought Submarine was up there with Ladybird. It was a, it was close. Uh, and I obviously was not a fan of The Graduate too much. Uh, I think Lady Bird is definitely still the better yeah. of those movies. So my movie's better this week. So the guests are still winless. Yeah. We got it's one, fucking, one, and oh. Fucking guests. Get it together. <laughs> the listeners. Pitch some stuff, okay, that we should love. Yeah. Uh, and don't just, don't just like, yeah, I mean, not that you guys are doing this, but like, don't just pitch stuff like The Graduate. You know, if you have like a serious movie that you want us to do that's, you don't think it's going to win in a poll, like Russ said, like, give us a call, send yeah. us a text, email, like, you know, both people know us, whatever, like, we'll definitely take a look at them. I already have a couple of friends who had, have, uh, and I'm definitely, they're on this list that I'm creating in notes for right. future stuff to pull from. Mm-hmm. So definitely, you know, expand, expand past the, the well-known classics. Cause I feel like, I mean, Lady Bird's a somewhat well-known movie, Right, but it's Sub- still fairly new. I mean, yeah. it's got to gain traction. But it, it's not the same as The Graduate. The Graduate, to me, I was like, I was surprised I actually hadn't seen it because I was like, wow, I know yeah. so much about this movie, but I never actually saw it. Right. When we were talking about it before, we were like, we know a lot of the scenes because they are infamous. They're on a lot of like mojo.com right. uh, playlists and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, without, um, I don't want to get too off track here. Uh, just to be clear, we have a new theme every week. Um, next week uh, is Kevin's turn. Yes. He has decided on dystopia. Ooh, dystopian films. <laughs> this one's going to be called what? In a land of dystopia? Or what do you want to call know. this theme? I don't know. It's. It, just I just want to call it dystopia. dystopia. Just yeah. call it dystopia. I, I that's what it. I was thinking. Because I mean, that's basically. I'm looking for any film that is you know about a dystopian future or features them as theme. Right. Or whatever. I mean, I'd even consider not that this is this isn't going to be one of them, but I'd even consider a movie like The Thing to fall under this for certain things that happen in it. Alien is another one that could fall under this. So yeah. really, guys, think outside the box with these dystopian futures. Right. So by the time you hear this, it'll have already been up for two days, the uh, pitching films. So we'll we'll keep it going for most of the weekend. Pitch your dystopian film uh exactly. picks. Uh, and try to try to come up with ones that you don't think we've seen because that's the whole point of this. We want right. to, uh, you know, yeah, something I've never seen. You see, I pick something you've never seen. You pick something I've never seen. Right. And sometimes it's hard, but that's why we, you know, wheedle out all the ones we have seen. <laughs> wheedle out? Wheedle, yeah. With the, like the Pokemon? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, Who turns okay. into Beedrill. Yeah. Eventually. Gonna, yeah. I think. We're rambling again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Pokemon Talk. Hey, we love you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Dystopia. Dystopia. Touch your mind. Tear me apart, Lisa!